actually getting yourself ready for our show. Hope all you guys are having a great week. Uh, it is Happy Independence Day, everyone. We're recording this right now on the 5th of July. Uh, that is the day that uh, Independence Day is being observed. So uh, nobody should have had to gone to work today. I hope you enjoyed it, everybody. Anyway, we have some amazing stuff going on. The last seven days have been action-packed. Uh, both Sean and myself have not been around Western Massachusetts at all. Uh, we're going to fill in the details as to exactly what the hell we were up to and uh, what's been going on. Lots of great stuff, though, um, for well, a, a whole lot more fishing on, on Sean's end and a whole lot more debauchery on my end. I think that's probably the best way to put it. We, we've got an amazing show for you today. It is, it's July, so that means that the Jigs and Bigs uh, multi-species tournament is happening. And it also means that the Chronic Trips uh, multi-species tournament for June has just ended. We've got information on both of those, plus a great Just the Tip and a great uh, Fuck This Guy segment for you. You're not going to want to miss out. Guys, we'll be back right after this. Tuesday morning, everybody. I hope you guys are ready for an amazing show. We have uh, a great one for you. Um, you know, y you guys probably don't realize this, but since the dawn of this show, Sean the Fisherman has always been remote. Uh, always. From his first interview to then when we would record the Sean the Fisherman stuff, it's been a rare occasion that Sean the Fisherman has been in person on this show uh, in, in the same room as I am putting this together. And uh, now he's really remote. He's time zones away, actually. Sean, where in the world are you? You gotta find me on a map. I'm wearing a red and white striped shirt. Is that We can do that? <laughs> we can do that, yeah. Where's Sean? <laughs> oh goodness so i'm uh i'm not up to shears not up the shears no a little yeah. further away and i'm definitely not in chicopee so we'll we'll go from there yeah I those mean, are two i'll save you guys a couple of places to where you can look i i would like to actually before we, we we get into reviewing um the tournament stuff for you know the like the this this kickoff week for the july multi-species my adventures and your adventure sean i i need to say this right off the bat Sean, you have done a blue ribbon job of pissing off so many of the hooks and hoodlums pro staff today. <laughs> well, I guess that's still, let me tell you about my day. Let me tell you how my day went. Okay, then. let's start there. We'll start there. So usually that, that chat, when it starts every morning, it's usually one, two, or five people saying, good morning, fuck you, good morning, good morning, fuckers, fuck you, good morning. There's like eight FUs in there. Right? Something like that. Yep. My morning started with a picture being sent because I was on a lake where I'm at of a 35 and three quarter inch northern pike that dragged me around a lake for a little bit. And I said, look what I got. Side note on that pike. This is the first fish because I, that, I pulled that fish from up deep. This is the first fish I've ever had to fizz in my life. I've never fizzed a fish before. Oh, oh really? I didn't realize that. 
well, I never, I'm always fishing shallow. So yeah, true. Um, when I, when I released the pike, uh, he or she took off and then within a minute was floating belly up, still breathing, not dead, but stomach was very distended from all the gases that whatever happens, you know, I know it's a fish equivalent of the bends. Yeah. And uh, I tried to get her flipped over a couple of times. Didn't work. She was still breathing. And um, I straightened out a five odd hook and uh, went to town on that mass of gas inside of her and popped it. Um, and she, after a couple of minutes of resuscitation, she was fine. Swam off on her way. Didn't see her. That's awesome. That's awesome. So that was, that was part one. I did finish uh, finish the day on a small body of water that I've never fished before. Yep. And uh, yeah, that I ended up coming home and cooking for my in-laws and, you know, all of my gathered wife's family yep. that's here. I had some uh, largemouth that I picked up uh, from a lake yesterday and made a bunch of pizzas out of them. Nice. Did not did not realize how sensitive some of the hooks at Pro Staff was. I know. About eating bass. And I... You know me, and I've said it on the show, I don't keep trophies. I keep no. 12 to 14 inchers. Yeah. Um, it doesn't hurt the population. If anything, it gives more, you know, it, that's that's a drain on resources that are no longer there for the trophy fish. Exactly. I, I think the biggest one I had was 13 inches. It's almost so, like you're playing the role of pond manager at that point, you know, when you call I, responsibly and you you you, you take a, 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 you keep some that are within that you know, safe window or that, 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 I don't know, within that, that appropriate window to keep, you know, plus yeah, bass, the smaller bass, ones taste better. Yeah. And bass gets, gets put on a pedestal as is, as the number one game fish in America. And rightfully so everyone yeah. fish fishes for largemouth and smallmouth, but they also get knocked as being a bad tasting fish or at least mild. I like them. You've had my fish pizzas. You've had some of my fish fry, right? Oh yeah. We, yeah. So yep. Um, my thought is I'm out fishing for bass. Um, I would not say in any sh way, shape or form, there is a shortage of 12 to 14 inch fish anywhere in the country. No. So let me help the big ones get bigger. That's and exactly, I do, I do my part. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly it. It's like, you know, you want to, you want to obviously, you know, clear out the ones if you have a, any type of a, of. I don't know, a, a large population of those small fish, it, it is a detriment on the larger, the trophies, you know, yeah. the ones that have those great genetics and, you know, you want to, you want to be able to keep them living. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta free up, free up the food. And part of that is, you know, that's, if you don't do it, mother nature will, <laughs> that's the thing. Exactly. Exactly. You know? And, and, you know, I still stay within all regulations. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's five up here. It's five in Massachusetts a day. You can't, yep can't take any more and i don't think i've taken i don't think i've taken more than 15 bass this year yeah to be quite honest and that's exactly it. there are people there who over you know um overstep <laughs> a little bit and 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 take far more than their own share way beyond a limit um those are not fishermen they're assholes <laughs> you know what i mean they're 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 definitely like reaping a, a, a ridiculous harvest but no i i got a lot of uh chuckles on, on i got back into my car i went out fishing today for a little while and I, I got back in the car and was catching up on the on that thread after i had updated my uh my my trip you know my notes for the trip and i'm, I'm looking at, at this and i'm like wow he really managed to piss off quite a number of people with this and like putting pictures of the pizzas 
pictures of the pan. <laughs> oh, I was like, there were I videos. Saw, I, oh, that was a video. I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I, I had the oh, service to see it. Oh, there are videos. The oh, best one was okay. Uh, the best one was there was one particular hook set hoodlum that did did that really kind of hit. I, it was all joking. I don't think anyone was super yeah. upset. But, yeah. But um, one of them was uh, was saying, called me a heathen, Steve. Yep. That's Scuba right. Steve. That's right. That's right. This called me a heathen. So what I did was, it wasn't a picture of the fish frying. It was a video of me laughing over the fish frying diabolically for about five seconds, and then I clipped it. <laughs> <laughs> That's freaking genius, man. Oh, goodness. Oh, that is good stuff. Yes. Bring it up on your phone and play it for play it for the folks because it's pretty fun. You know what? You go ahead. Give us a little bit more of your of your week. Why don't we Why don't we get through your week in review? Because mine is going to be pretty quick to get through because there was zero fishing at all in my week. So why don't you go ahead and jump in that? I'm going to try to find this clip. Oh wow! All right. Well, um, I'm looking at my notebook here because it's been a long week. <laughs> it has. There's um, been update after update that I've received. Yeah. And it's well, no shortage of action. Where I'm at. In the upper Midwest, the, the largemouth do get to a good size, but the smallmouth out here are supposedly better. And I am not at a smallmouth body of water. So I've been focusing on largemouth and pike and bowfin. Bowfin being the elusive prize because they're bigger and more vicious than the bass out here. So I haven't had any problems getting on the pike. I mean, today the 35-incher was the biggest one I got. Um, I've cracked 20... Let me think. I cracked 20 inches at least 10 times. So, I mean, they're, they're out there, they're biting and I've lost quite a few lures. So they are, they're active. Um, but the weirdest thing I've seen so far was I think maybe five, six days ago, the wind shifted East in the morning and we're on the East side of the lake that, that, uh, the, the cabin is on the East side of the lake. So that gave a nice bit of glassy water going out, you know, maybe a 10th of the way across the lake. And as I've mentioned before, there's kind of like a shelf with rice patties on mm-hmm. it with, with rice stalks that are sticking out. And then the weeds just drop and it goes real quick to 15 feet. Um, at that break where it went from, you know, four feet to 15, I don't think I've ever seen that many bowfin just sitting there staging, waiting for something. And that was yeah. one morning. It was like every 20 feet, I saw another 20, 24 inch to 30 inch bowfin just sitting there staring at me. Now, Bowfin for me, I've caught like four of them in my life. Yep. Um, and they're all of all of them from from Minnesota. So getting them to to chase a lure, depending on the lure, it, it seems to be very difficult. They seem to really, really like to go after zoom horny toads. Okay. Which they they don't seem to be able to hit them properly, like a bass or a, you know, even pike have problems with it, but like a bass can smack a top water, no problem. Yeah. Pike sometimes will miss, pickerel will miss. The bowfin seem to like chase after them, kind of like, oh hey, bass and bass and pike, well, you guys can chase top water, so can I. And they're just not good at it. So what I've found is when they really come after you, you get this wave. And it looks like a submarine coming up from the depths, yep. coming right behind the zoom horny toad. As soon as it gets close enough. I'll stop reeling and that'll drop it right in front of their mouths. Yep. And, and they sometimes they'll it. bite it. Sometimes they won't. Yeah. And it's just, it's really difficult to, to get them to hit and really set the hook. So this trip, I had a real issue that I didn't, I wasn't aware of until the moment that I dropped that zoom horning toad in front of a bowfin. When I set the hook, my reel, something in on the interior gave, and you just heard gears go, Woo! and I got no, hook set whatsoever it was oh. just it was like the the bail was open but it wasn't 
Yeah. So that was the only bullfin that I really felt I had a shot at. And that thing was, a, looked like a brute. So um, I'm back to, uh, back to going after that, but uh, it's been nice. I do have my vehicle up here. So I've been kind of pond hopping, which I've never done before. I actually just came back from, like I said, a new pond that I tried this morning mm-hmm. or a new lake. I tried this morning. I tried another one yesterday. Um, I'm, I'm using the, the Minnesota DNRs, uh, what is it? This like it's kind of like our species finder, where you can, it gives a list on the lake and what's mm-hmm. in each body of water, et cetera. Because I'm looking for smallmouth for the jigs and bigs tournament. For the tournament, sure. And uh, I'm, yeah, and I was at one today that supposedly does, and I could see it. It was a little, it was a lot, a lot rockier and a lot less weedy. So I could see that there probably are smallmouth there. And and the 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 DNR had said that there were smallmouth sampled there, and it was bizarre that there weren't any little ones but there were big ones. Really? So like they had, yeah, when they, they electroshocked the place, they found plenty at like bigger than 14 inches in particular, a lot more than should have been over 17 inches. Oh, and wow. Okay. Or the, the small ones were like non-existent, but there were plenty of small largemouth. And that's all I caught there today was largemouth, largemouth. And then that, that enormous pike. Yep. So yeah, it's been fun. Um, a lot of fishing, a lot of family stuff. Uh, Vacation, man. You know how it goes. And by the way, happy America Day to you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Happy America Day to everybody. I did find that video. Oh, you did? I did. And I'm going to make sure that my volume is up. And... I, I am going to obviously need to download this and then use it later in the show because that is freaking hilarious. <laughs> Just with, with, Just with these fillets sizzling. Fillets. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, dude. Oh. Thanks for the inspiration, Steve. I owe you one. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, dude, I love it. Oh. And you know, the thing is, your pizzas are freaking fire. They're great. They're good. They're so yeah. good. Um Yeah, no, no, no. I have had your fish fry. What the hell am I talking about? The fish sandwiches with the Nandos. We made fish sandwiches. That's right. Yeah. That's right. No, damn good stuff. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I mean you I, I can I can cook a bass. <laughs> yeah, you can. You 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 can cook a bass. Good job. And uh you know, I mean, you, you do so, res- you harvest responsibly. That's the whole thing. You know, there is nothing that tastes better than a, uh, uh, a I, I'll say, I'll say a nibbler size largemouth through the ice. In yeah, cold they're water, they're, they're, they're the, they're, they're the best tasting. Like there, there's nothing better. Now, again, like, you know, there are heathens out there, you know, but I, <laughs> I feel like, this is one of those opportunities where if you gut hook a fish and there's no saving it, like don't waste it. You know, I mean, you're never really wasting it. Snapping turtles, something, something's gonna get it. You know, but uh, you know, make make a pizza. My, my thought is like, you know, I, I don't have any issues with eating like red meat or yep. chicken or you know, I have no issues whatsoever. Yeah, but if I were to put them in order, I am a seafood guy first. I love eating yeah. fish. And then, believe it or not, I actually like poultry after that. And then red meat. I have no problem eating a steak. Yeah. I just limit it. You know what I mean? I'll have, like, uh, you and I were talking about um, that Brazilian steakhouse a couple towns north of us. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
I, I have, but I look for the steak there. That steak's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Man, but so my, my thought was always, yeah, my, my thought was always, I'm not a trout fisherman. Yep. And I'll occasionally catch panfish, you know, a crappie, bluegill, whatever. I have no problem eating those, but I'm a bass fisherman and bass is not that bad to eat. Yeah. It's really you know, not. I'm, again, I'm not keeping five pounders. Yeah. I'm not keeping four pounders. I'm not keeping threes. Eh, maybe not nah, nah, two 16 inches is tough to get a two pounder out of, even if it's fat. Yeah. I mean, I'm keeping one pounders or less. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's the, the responsible way to, way to do it. So yep. the big question is where has Bobby roast beef been? And I don't think it's actually that big of a question because I've been posting pictures <laughs> on the and big story the entire time. I have been in Las Vegas for the last week. I worked at the nightclub and bar show for speed quizzing. Um, that was insane. Um, I've never worked a convention before where there was so much free alcohol being passed to every attendee. It was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my wife came with me for this trip, and it's you know she just took this new new job that has this sweet schedule, so she's got some time off over the summer, which is a first in a long time. So, you know, we made the arrangements and we stayed a few days extra. So, you know, I, I told her, I was like, during during the show, like, it's it's work. I got I to gotta do what I got to do. But afterwards, we'll take a few days and we'll have a great time. Uh, this was Mrs. Rose Beef's first trip on a, an airplane uh, <laughs> ever. Yeah, first time she's ever flown. Um, it was also the first time she's ever been out of the Eastern time zone. Really? Yeah. I don't think we were, yeah, I don't think she's ever gone uh, outside of the Eastern time zone. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. But it was, I mean, she had a blast. We had a great time. We ate a lot of um, awesome food. We went to some really great restaurants. I, I definitely checked the steak box multiple times this week. Um, we went to, uh, we gambled a bit, which was good. I mean, you know, we, we went out and, and we gambled a bit. We, we lost... A lot of money. <laughs> we lost more than uh, I think we were planning, but we had, we had a real good time. Um, I did get some pictures in front of some Las Vegas like staples that I'll be using for um, uh, social media posts in the future. Um, awesome. And and I, I you know I, I I never really I don't think I ever shared my love of this cocktail um, before in in my life, but uh, it's got a few different names. But essentially, what the drink is is it's like any beer of your choice with clamato. Clamato, for those that don't know, is tomato juice and clam juice, and uh, it's wonderful. It's totally unique, and it's great. So the drink has a bunch of names. I think in Spanish it's called uh, Michelada, and in Canada they call it a red eye, and it's tasty. And I, I had a 50-ounce red eye. Oh, my at, God. At the Venetian. <laughs> oh, it was delicious. Hey, you know you know, taking a step back on your way out there. Yeah. You know, you had mentioned your wife. I was just thinking about it. Your wife, you said your wife had never been out of the Eastern time zone, yep, right? Never. So she, so she did get to Central and then Mountain. So she saw three time zones because oh, yeah. you guys had a we guys had, a, had, a, had a, a layover because I started receiving pictures one day. Oh, yeah. Of, of, of a gentleman I know trying on Minnesota hats. At no, <laughs> I bought that hat. Ball. 
I what? bought I bought that hat. I needed a oh, hat. You bought it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm an idiot who had to buy a hat at an airport so I didn't burn my freaking skull in the in the Nevada sun. Oh, I thought you tried that on in the airport and just just to take a funny picture. No, no, no. I had to buy that. I have it. It's in my suitcase. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> like, yeah. Although I'll tell you what, it was the worst possible hat to wear in the desert because it's all uh, synthetic material. Like it's 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 almost like it's wrapped in spandex. Oh. It's yeah, it was like a million degrees. It was insane. And I'll tell you, so I got I got to be honest with you. Any other time I've been in the desert, any time I've been in Vegas before, uh, it's always been March and it's delightful out there in March. It's great. I mean, here we're getting snow and ice dumped on us and it's just it's horrendous, but we are, you know, that is a nice little break. We get there and it's like, you know, maybe mid sixties, maybe it gets to be 70 degrees. Whoa, getting wild. It was 110 more often than not at night. It got as low as like 88, but I'm, I'm familiar with deserts. So yeah, you are exactly. (laughs) It it is, it is a dry heat, but when you're in that sun and you're moving around, it'll, it'll fricking like knock your fricking jaw loose it'll it'll give you the trebek treatment <laughs> it's it'll kick it, kick your tank crooked it will for sure it's uh it's nothing to be messed with but uh we we had a good time it was it was a lot of fun in fact i didn't get to fish out there i had numerous people reach out to me and say hey you know i i you know uh, you, you do such and such a podcast you know you should fish while you're out there i can get you on you know on some we you know, connect you with, with with people that live in that area and know where to go and I'm like, you know what? If I do, if I go out and fish, I, it's a, it's very likely I'll be getting a divorce. So I should, <laughs> I should probably refrain. And then the next time I go and travel out that way, maybe I'll go for it and, and give it a go. That was the initial plan in 2020 before the, the show got shut down and everything else. And we ended up taking this long, decade-long pause. That was the whole deal. It was that was that was my goal. I was going to go and work the show. We were actually doing two shows then. I was and in between. I was going to take a day and go fish. It didn't work out, unfortunately. But I did have an interesting sort of exchange. So we, I had an Uber driver named Don, and Don and I had a great discussion. Um, sort of accidentally when we set up the show, we had to go and make a run to, uh, pick up some supplies. We needed some, some extension cords. Uh, we also needed, uh, random items. Like we needed to get like candy. We were going to do giveaways with smarties and dum-dums for people that came over and did the demo game. And, you know, if they won, they got smarties. If they're a loser, they got a dum-dum, uh, team dum-dum, like way more popular. But that's that's that was you know some of these these things that we had to go and do and you know in the the Uber app we got we we you know check the the locations and it doesn't really give them in the order of um, distance from you like it doesn't start with the closest one so we would put in like Lowe's or Walmart or whatever it didn't show up in that order so we just kind of picked one because we're like we don't know whatever you know we just picked one well, we had a nice long ride with Dawn. <laughs> Out to like the Las Vegas suburbs. <laughs> we went to this one plaza. We got all of our stuff. And on the way back, in like the last 10 minutes of the ride after we had dropped off the, the guy I work with, Bill, we dropped him off at his hotel and she was dropping me off at at, uh, at the Sahara. And we're talking and, and it came up where, because I was wearing a Jigs and Bigs t-shirt. And I was also wearing, uh, the mask I was wearing said, I think you've seen this before, um, 
I can't be held responsible for talking about striped bass fishing. It's got a big striper on it. And she's like, so let me guess, you like to fish? And I was like, oh, you don't even know the half of it. Absolutely, I do. She's like, oh, me too. She said, what do you fish for? I was like, bass primarily. I was like, largemouth and smallmouth for the most part. She's like, oh, no kidding, me too. My ex-husband and I, you know, he thought he was like a tournament pro and had this long conversation. And she said something that cracked me up. She goes, uh, she's like, yeah, she's like, we split up a, a while ago, but we still fish together. And I was like, oh, no kidding. That, that's pretty awesome, actually. She's like, yeah, when we were going through the divorce, uh, he said that uh, he, he was he wanted to keep the boat. And she's like, I almost I almost made a stink about the boat. And then she goes, no, 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 no. We still like to fish together. He can keep the boat. Now I don't have to fix it. And I'm like, you go, Don. Bravo. <laughs> you got access Bravo. to the boat and you don't have to I was like, that is fantastic. But she's like, yeah, she's she's like he he said I guess he said afterwards, he's like, the worst thing about this divorce is that nobody buys me fishing tackle for Christmas anymore. Because <laughs> mm. she yeah. knew what to get. <laughs> you had told me about that story uh what a couple days ago. Yep. And I was pretty blown away at <laughs> at that. I said they, they got divorced and they still fish. That's amazing, to be quite <laughs> honest. Hey. Fishing binds, man. Fishing binds. That's that's how it works. I wonder um, if that's written into like the alimony and stuff like that. Okay, so three times a month we have to fish at a body of water that's X amount of acres, or you know. Well, I wonder if they're still like partners in tournaments because that shit could get heated. That could get really heated. Hmm. One wrong move, and then you're just like, son of a bitch. Get the on the yeah, we're going that's to mediation. A, that's crazy. Yeah. We, <laughs> oh. Uh, I had a moment out here. It, it it doesn't belong. It's it's not an FTG segment. All right. It's it was really funny. I actually sent you a message when it happened saying call me. And I know you were probably busy, but uh, I had a clerk's moment. Sometimes sometimes things happen in art that real life reflects. No matter how long after the yeah. art has been published or whatever, the scene in Clerks I'm referring to is the "Do you have anything for sale?" segment. Oh yes. <laughs> So I was on a lake yesterday and on the side of my kayak and, you know, I think it, the, the logo itself is two feet long where it says yep. native Slayer Propel Max. Mm -hmm. Hey, what kind of boat is that? <laughs> I was just laughing. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, guy. I'm like, it's a native. It's a plastic one. It, it's a Slayer. And I kind of pointed at it. I wasn't a dick about it because he's like, oh, thanks. All right. It's nice like a boat. What kind of fucking boat is that? Speaking of boats, um, your boy's Lawrence unit arrived at Three Bells. Ooh. Yeah. So we're getting a little bit closer. That's going to be really exciting. Very, very excited about that. Uh, excited to get out on the uh, Titan. And actually, I've, I've, I've been finagling ways to get you know more life into the gopro than the gopro Go, gopro batteries i've been fooling around with this external battery that i've been using i'm hoping i can go and document some really really great stuff derek has been awesome when it comes to the rigging questions and mm -hmm. believe me i've had plenty of them <laughs> lots of questions diagrams have been exchanged back and forth so I'm I'm really excited about this. I think this is going to be pretty fantastic. Should be a lot of fun. Speaking of three bells, it's today as we record this. It is the fifth. That means they are eleven days away from the trifecta. 
Yep. Trifecta weekend, folks. If you're in the Northeast or you want to be in the Northeast to fish a uh, three day long um, saltwater fishing tournament um, in uh, in beautiful Niantic, Connecticut, you should do so. Uh, check out Three Bells. Contact them via their social media. Reach out, uh, and, and it's on Fishing Chaos. Check it out and and sign up. I'm not sure how many uh, anglers they have currently right now, but it's getting down to it, and the price of entry is totally worth it if nothing for the the grab bag alone like the swag bag that comes with your entry is freaking dynamite so take this opportunity and uh and you know you know check out trifecta it's going to be a whole lot of fun even if you're not necessarily super crazy but even if you've never saltwater fished from a kayak before why not go ahead and give it a shot? From what I understand, a lot of this this tournament is a lot of camaraderie, not just you know uh, competition. So I'm really excited for that. It's going to be awesome. They're, they've got this banging party that's happening afterwards on the Sunday. This little reception that's going on, whole lot of fun, and uh, I, I hear they've got some pretty good entertainment. From what I understand, I hear it's hosted by the smoothest fishing voice this side of the Mississippi. One each, Bobby Roast Beef, it's aka true. Robert. Prosciutto. Robert Prosciutto. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be drinking coffee all day. Three days in a row, coffee drinking. It's going to be great. <laughs> I didn't realize that was going to be good. <laughs> so good. It's perfect. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's it's been an interesting week. It's I'm very glad to be home. We got home late Saturday night. Um, we were in um, the Midwest for what a three hour um, a three hour layover, which sucked. <laughs> it was awful. But uh, got on on our flight back and and uh, headed back. I think actually we arrived there. And then we got a late start because there was an issue with our plane. Um, it was it was it was definitely it was just just a, a a a crazy weekend in total because we came back, slept that night. Once we got back, woke up the, in the morning, picked up the dogs, and then picked up the children, and then after that we had a, a barbecue to go to for the fourth uh, with some friends, which was great. We had a great time seeing all of them, and I, I like we've been so busy. I don't think I've felt any jet lag or anything. Nice, uh, unless nice. it's just catching up with me now, because uh, who knows. Had I known you were going to be uh, on a layover, you know, a couple hours away, I may have may have stopped down there and said hello. But um, <laughs> the uh, the Fourth of July, you brought that up yep. with with what went on. So out here, because everything's so flat, uh, oh, comparatively, yeah. you know, comparatively to to the East Coast, we get to see usually a number of towns' fireworks from the lake. You can go out on the lake, and I I usually go. Um, there's one particular, the closest fireworks display is the uh, the lodge and golf course yep. right down the street. It's a huge, huge, huge facility. And they put a lot of money into their fireworks display. So last the last time we were up here a couple of years ago or three years ago, we we went to the um, – my wife and my, my kids and I and some of my wife's family went to the, the golf course and they have a – big cookout and everything for 4th of July before the fireworks and, you know, bounce houses and all sorts of shenanigans going on, uh, fire bombs, juggling knives, you name it. Oh yeah. And, uh, 
it was just hot the last time we went. I'm like, yeah, maybe next time I'm going to pass. <clears throat> so the next year for those fireworks, I was out night fishing when they were going on. And I realized that that was the best seat in the house oh, because yeah. one town's fireworks display ended. And then I basically pivoted 30 degrees in the boat and another one started. That's awesome. <laughs> so this one uh, with the, the golf course going on Friday night on the second, we were, I was right underneath it and it's, it gets dark here about like nine 30. Yep. Nine 30 to 10 is really dusk and boats were starting to fill up our portion of the lake, like pontoon boats, yeah. recreational boats of all different types at like seven. So oh, wow. the most boats I've ever seen in this lake was probably 10. And I think there was no less than 75 boats in there counting, not even counting me in my kayak and I had the light on and I was just sitting there uh, right before the fireworks started. I landed, I was still throwing lures around. I landed a, uh, like a 17 inch bass pulling a frog around at night and then the fireworks started and it was great. That's awesome. Yeah. You get to, I get to watch the fireworks from the, from the kayak. It was pretty nice. That is freaking awesome, man. We had uh, very little for fireworks that happened around here. A bunch of yahoos running around and uh, blowing stuff off in the yard here, which was pretty much it. In fact, I, I think I think this is the second straight year where they've canceled the, the, the local fireworks in Holyoke. Is what it is. Nothing you can do about it. I, yeah, I, I, I shared uh, uh, an image. I shared an image on Facebook. No, 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 on Instagram. Um, of and I'm going to show you what that image is uh, from a film. Um, do you know who that guy is? I can't see so well. There's a little bit of reflection. Is that? Uh, is, I can't see. Is that Joe Pesci? No, it's not Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci is in that movie. Uh, so I, one of the, the films I watched on the on the ride back, on the flight back, was Goodfellas. I haven't seen Goodfellas okay. in a minute. I've probably seen that movie a hundred times. That is Johnny Roast Beef. Oh, okay. I'm Johnny sorry, Roast Beef so well. saw an untimely end, and uh, I, I actually almost forgot that he was in that movie. And I was, oh, yeah, that's right, Johnny Roast Beef. He's going to die. Uh, that's what happens. We have uh, a brand new month in front of us, folks. July is here, and with that, that means that we have the Jigs and Bigs multi-species tournament for this month. It's live and it's happening. We're only five days in, but there's uh, almost 40 catches that have come through. You know, we've got, uh, what, like 20 anglers already logged in. And one, one thing that I think I have noticed is a lot of people like to seem to join this when they're out fishing. They'll, they'll, they'll get a decent catch. They'll take their pictures, do their measurements, you know, whatever, and then sign in remember guys uh you need that identifier in your pictures in order to uh, have them submitted properly so you need that identifier join the tournament right away so that way you're not waiting there like oh snap i gotta add this i gotta you know i, I gotta I, I missed a step you gotta get that identifier and have it all set so that said we have uh we, with only five days it's been pretty good and, and, you know, locally in New England, the weather has not been great. It's been all over the place. It's been unstable. Uh, so the fishing in New England has been crazy. Um, what's the heat been like in, in Minnesota? I never saw actual natural air. Everything I saw was uh, generated from the airport. So uh, uh, <laughs> We've had one or two days over 90, but it's been mid-80s every day. All right. 
All right, that's yeah. not too bad. Not too bad. No, it's yeah. been it's been steady. I think there was one day of storms, and I think we're getting storms midweek here. But yeah, no, it's been pretty steady. And I I welcome storms. I like you know me. I like fishing in bad weather. So. Yeah, but yeah. um, it shakes things up. It's 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 not a bad thing. It's we landed here, and it was it had been earlier in the week, high eighties, nineties, with you know some extreme humidity, like you know summer, like we like to say, uh, <laughs> out here. When we landed, it was 57 degrees, and it's been really cool. Like, it was supposed to get up to 80 today. I don't think it's going to. Um, and uh, it's, you know, I went out fishing today, and it took me, I was out for six hours, and I think the only hookups I had all day all came in that last 45 minutes. Oh, did you get anything? Uh, three real small ones. Um, mm. a, a seven, and nine, and eleven. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. Well, you yeah. could have turned in the uh, the nine and the eleven. That would have been two for your any five. Yeah, yeah, but I was like, eh, I'm not. I'm not too concerned. Just out having a good time. Um, mm. went to. Uh, I was going to take out the kayak, but then I had. I just had a hard time sleeping last night, so I said, you know what? I'm going to get a little bit. Uh, I'm going to get an extra hour instead of you know because I hadn't loaded up the kayak previously. The plan only came together that night, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do this in the dark. I'll hold out till tomorrow. Whatever. And I decided we'd just do a little bank mission, but it's good stuff. Some, I actually have to message Paul because I left, and he may still even be out there. So side note about not sleeping. Yeah? Two two nights ago, so uh, with my in-laws having the new house built, they knocked down their old house. It was a very, very old house, and the foundation was starting to slip. So they had it knocked down. They sold their other house. Yep. They live permanently at their cabin. So the bedrooms have, like, a queen and a double in each one, or a queen, a queen and a twin, right? So – one of our sons, my youngest son is sleeping in the same bedroom as us. Mm -hmm. And my wife occasionally talks in her sleep, right? <laughs> my son also occasionally talks oh, in really? his sleep. I'm not shitting you. Three nights ago. Now I, I wake up at the drop of a pin. Like I, that light I'm of wired. a sleeper. Yeah, yeah. I am extremely light. I wake up for anything. My son starts talking and yelling about something and gibberish. My wife answered him back. They had a gibberish conversation at three o'clock in the morning. And then here's the best thing. I have my CPAP on and I'm Darth Vader yelling, shut the fuck up. Go to sleep. You two assholes. Shut up. I'm trying to sleep. That's awesome, man. No, it's not. <laughs> not at gonna, all. I was going to ask if they were having conversations. I didn't realize that's where this is going. Holy I shit. Co I, co I come back in from fishing that morning and my wife's like, hey, how was the day? I'm like, you, you and our son are pricks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, well, she's like, why? I go, you guys were talking in your sleep and talking to each other. They were going back and forth. It was so messed up. I've never seen anything like that. That is crazy. Yeah. That is, oh, man. Yeah. Screw that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bit that 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 that's tough, man. And it and it does like I'm a deep sleeper, which is not always a great thing. Like it's if I if I get to sleep. I'm out and I'm I all sleep until I wake up or my alarm goes off or anything but um you know in the, in the like there are plenty of nights where I'm just like oh yeah oh I didn't hear that fire truck go by at 3 a.m. sirens blaring like nothing I don't know I just 
you live three towns over from me, and I would have heard that fire truck and woken up probably in your town. You would have been like, "Oh, I'm sleeping through it." Nope, not me. Yep. I would have been up, running around, going, "What the hell? Fire! Run!" I remember when we moved into the house. Now we, you know, we still live in the same town, but where we lived before, we had a main drag that went up to I-91 right by right by us, and we would get trucks all night long, Harleys that would go. You know, you get loud motorcycles and stuff like, and I. I would sleep fine through that. It took me about three months in the summer. Like the first summer that we had where like the windows were open and everything. And I was like, oh, holy shit, this is so loud. After we got to the end of that summer, I think I was good. You know, I was fine. Fast forward to when we bought the house. I remember sleeping here the first night and thinking, it's too goddamn quiet. <laughs> I was like, it is too quiet. I feel like I'm sleeping back in Belchertown. Like this, like old school Belchino, not now, like years ago. I'm like, it is too freaking quiet. This is crazy. And now it's just, I think it was just the contrast of both environments because now I would think it is just as noisy as anywhere. Like, yeah. and you know, we've got the hospital too, not too far from us. So like, you know, if there's an ambulance going by or something like that, we're definitely going to hear it. Well, what are you going to do? At least you don't have any sleep talkers in your house. No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That sucks. Yeah. Well, we're fun. like you like you said, we're five days into this. Yeah. So you want some some updates here? You want some info? Let's, you want me to hit you with some funny shit? What do you want me to do? You know what? Let's do this. Let's get like a, a little bit of a of a of a recap, not a full recap here, uh, because we'll go over that when we talk about because we've got chronic trips to talk about uh, and the. Uh, you know the prizes and everything for for how how that whole monthly had had turned out, and we'll we'll get to the nitty gritty here. But what are some of the highlights that have been going on right now? Um, well, I'm in Minnesota, and Jerry House is in this tournament, so those are probably the two biggest things you can say. I mean, yep. I'm hitting Pike after Pike after Pike, and they're all going in the any five, so <clears throat> you can kind of expect where that's going. And then um, Jerry just. I've never, I don't know, dude, like nobody did this last year, what Jerry's doing. This is three tournaments or four tournaments in a row now between chronic trips and jigs and yeah. bigs where he's just laying into every species. Is he I mean, targeting like, I, cause that's the thing, like Jerry, Jerry's a tournament angler. So yeah. my, my brain automatically thinks like he must be out there targeting bass most of the time, you know, um, but I mean, and in, in, like, if these are bycatches, amazing bycatches, Jerry. Yeah. That is fantastic. I mean, but if he's targeting them, like, my hat is off because yeah, he's, he's doing great. He's got a brown trout on the board. He's got a rainbow trout on the board. Yep. I mean, he just Jerry doesn't screw around with this any with this multi species stuff. He's no. he's an animal. So now. <clears throat> I, I didn't really want to say anything about how I was doing yep. in Minnesota. Yeah. But I think it's important to mention, like, the last, whatever, three tournaments or four tournaments, whoever has jumped out in the first two weeks has not won it. <laughs> like, that's, people, that's it's it's usually like like some underdog or or just, you know, it. you, you can never, you can never really predict the way the month is going to go because, you know, somebody can come from out of nowhere and just have a banger day. You know, or a banger week, and and it can yep. make all the difference. And then, like like we've said over and over again, with this tournament and this style of tournament, same thing goes for the chronic trips. If you're making progress, not only are you getting points and making progress, but you're taking points from other people ahead of you. So it's, 
it's really kind of cutthroat the way this 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 works. Yeah, Jerry obviously got out this weekend. I think what happened was like I was out every day, so yep. I immediately amassed like whatever twenty five points for no reason other than no one was turning anything in. I was getting first place for nibblers, whatever you know? species. Yeah, yeah, and then Jerry went out fishing one weekend, and we're both tied now. So like that's how that works. He knocked me down and brought himself up at the same time. That's and awesome. as the more people get involved, you know, it, 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 it levels it levels everything out. I mean, this this style of tournament is just so nuts. Where like let's let's use that point to transition right now into chronic trips. Yep. The last week of the chronic trips, um, because of my preparations and I had a lot of stuff going on the last half of the month, I was really unable to fish the last two weeks. So uh-huh. I fished the two weeks. I got out once or twice. I did what I could, but I played spoiler. And yeah. you know who my target was? Who? Nate Shagnon. Nate Shagnon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So we're in chronic trips. Nate was in, I think Nate was bouncing back and forth between third and fourth with Berkshire Brett. Yep. Berkshire Brett did what I'm doing right now. He put up a bunch of pike. Yep. And Nate was in first place for pike. So if someone took first place from him, that would have taken a point away and then would have added points. Let's say it was me. I I had an outside shot at catching third. Yeah. And then I think Nate put up a big bass and that was the end of that. Nate put up a 21 or a 20.5, whatever it was. I do recall this being documented in the Hookshead Hoodlum Pro Staff. (laughs) That was well. Yeah. Because I was out. It was my first two days in Minnesota. I was running. I was running my mouth saying, Nate, I've lost, but I'm going to take you down with me. (laughs) And I had a running commentary for about five hours. Every time I caught a pike, I'm like, they're getting bigger, Nate. I'm coming for you, Nate. And uh, he was sweating it. And most most of the hooks at Hoodlum chat believe that Nate was actually getting into a boat at 10 o'clock at night to try and catch a bike yep. in Massachusetts somewhere just so I wouldn't get him. But I didn't succeed. I mean, I broke I broke 20 inches three times that night, but I couldn't break 27. So Nate ended up winning. But had I broken that 27 and taken one point from him, put him in second, me in first. Yep. Let me let me let me segue this. Meanwhile, in the Carolinas, <laughs> Nelson was down there catching sharks, exactly. which, of course, with chronic trips, it's fresh and salt water. Yep. So Nelson made a run at Nate and finished in fourth place. He bumped Brett from fourth to fifth. Nelson finished in fourth place, one point behind Nate. Had I managed to succeed in catching that pike, Nate, once again, would have been tied and would not have heard the end of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Now, there are tiebreakers in place. He would not have been sure. tied. Yeah. But, you know, I would have really made a big deal out of it. <laughs> oh, man. That is just freaking awesome. Hey, we so, got a great interview today. We do. We have a great interview. Uh, Brandon Heimrichs, Dust Off Fishing on Instagram, is with us. And I did not realize some of the like legendary waters that he regularly frequents. Pretty mm-hmm. freaking amazing. So check this out. It's 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 a doozy. It's a, it's a long one because we get into it. We hit it off and just, you know how it goes with some of these interviews. Like it's just down the rabbit hole of fishing and that's that's just exactly what happened here. So he's got some great stuff. Um, you're not going to want to miss this interview. It's coming up at the uh, segment three. Um, I don't think we have anything to, to add here. We can go ahead and take a wrap and listen to uh, a good message from our good friends over at Old Glory Outdoors. Hey, Sean, did I tell you that uh, my father loves his new, uh, his, his new um, spinning combo from Old Glory Outdoors? Like, absolutely loves it. 
was taking casts with a Ned rig off the back deck at my sister's house. And he's just like, I have never, ever used a fishing rod that was so ridiculously sensitive and a reel that was so smooth. So he's looking forward to Champlain, man. This is this is happening. Good. Yeah, very much. That's awesome. I very excited. I didn't ask, but I expected that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I had a, a strong feeling, and you know, I mean, like like I said, I said, you know, actually, I should have my father on this show. I should have him on on the guest segment someday. I I, I should I should definitely do that. That that I think would be interesting because he is, you know, he he's a guy who who has been all about the outdoors for my entire life. You know, but he he wouldn't really necessarily like treat himself to some really really quality gear. I treat myself, you know what I mean. Um, a, a lot of our friends we treat ourselves to the nice nice equipment, you know, and and you know sometimes that gives you uh, dare I say an advantage. No, I'm not gonna say that. Oh my God! Don't please don't open that can of worms again. I I thought we'd laid that to rest. But it just it sometimes you know it, it, it is it, it makes for. Um, presenting a bait in the right sort of way uh, a little bit easier to achieve if you're trying to get something done having various you know gear ratios can help you get that you know get that in order you know using using the right tool for the job is is really what it all gets down to so i'm, I'm psyched for him i think he's gonna be good i may have created a monster though because he's like so where is this shop oh i'm gonna take a ride out there and you know it's <laughs> nice. i'm like there you go just remember use promo code jigs and bigs even yeah, in person un, un, unlike my wife on, on father's day yeah unlike exactly exactly Awesome, guys. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with uh, with more Jigs and Bigs goodness after this quick message from Old Glory Outdoors. Jigs and Bigs is proud to announce we're being supported by Old Glory Outdoors. They're a veteran-owned company that carries fishing and hunting gear. Plus, they're highly active in supporting veteran organizations and charities. Old Glory is an authorized dealer of favorite rods, FX rods, Guggen baits, X-Zone lures, Sixth Sense, and many more. There's a brick-and-mortar store located in East Brookfield, Massachusetts, but you can also order online at oldgloryoutdoors.com. They ship anywhere in the lower 48 states or order online and pick up at the store. When you order, use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS and you'll save 10% off your complete order. Plus, you'll help support the show. Make sure to check out the apparel line called OGO Gear while you're there. Old Glory Outdoors believes in the slogan, Stardom Young, to keep kids away from screens and enjoying nature. They've got a full array of live bait too. Check out oldgloryoutdoors.com and use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS, save some money, and gear up now. Bobby and Sean now have a special presentation for us all. They'd like to give everyone just the tip. You know, <laughs> I had somebody contact me and and say that they love this new format. And okay. they appreciate the different segments, just the tip and fuck that guy. And they, they appreciate <laughs> the, you know, the different elements here. Cause they're like, yeah, it's, it's entertaining. This show is entertaining. That's what it's meant for. But people, you know, the, you, you can get something out of it as well. And the fact that you can kind of know about where that is in the show, if you're looking for something, it kind of makes it handy. So I think, I think we've done a good job with this format. After a year and whatever a half or a year and a quarter of us being complete and utter hacks we yep. figured out a form we figured out how to do something things that works like adults yeah this is good stuff i like it taking notes and well, such i know i know we have we i know i know we're like adults this is great 
Well, I have a tip for everyone that's been fresh in my mind because of all the, the fishing I've been doing up here out in the Midwest <clears throat> and the large amount of recreational boats that I've been seeing. The recreational traffic's been crazy. And like I said in the past, my thought is that, you know, the fish will recognize they start hearing motors. They're probably not going to be as zealous to bite a lure. Yeah. You know, that you might throw by them. Sometimes they, they might not even be really close to the shore, especially not with lakes that, that don't have a lot of shore cover, a lot of weeds going up to the, uh, going up to the shore or lakes that are treated with herbicides. Yep. You're just not going to see that cover. So where do they go? They go deep. The depth is a cover because the light's only going to penetrate so far. It's not like you're going to be, you know, I know there, I know there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. You're going to go out West. There's going to be lakes in California and Utah that you can see the bottom in 50 feet of water. Most places aren't like that. So out here, I think the visibility is about six feet, five feet. Yep. And then once you get past that, you can't see anything. So when it, what happens in, in this situation that I look at when, when the wreck boats are out and the skinny water is not a refuge for the bass, I pull back off the shore. So you can still see a lot of anglers that are still beating the bank as oh, if yeah. it's spring you know, the fish are crashing whatever they can up on the shore. And it's just not the situation for it. It's not the way that I read that the water and yeah. read that the fish are behaving. So what I do is I pull back and I'm casting to the point, usually where the anglers are sitting on. So if if you look on your fish finder, whatever sonar unit you're using, generally when I use mine, I don't look for fish. I don't track individual fish like that. I don't have the... Uh, uh, what's the new system? The uh, pan optics. Thank you. I don't have pan optics, so I'm not seeing individual fish chasing my lure. I'm looking for maybe one or two fish here and there at a certain depth or on a certain type of stroke. And I'm pulled off. And instead of casting in towards the shore, I'm I'm running parallel with the shore and staying on that contour line wherever I feel the fish are. And if they're not there, maybe I move a little shallower, a little deeper, depending on where I started. Mm-hmm. But I'm not I'm not going, I'm not fan casting into shore. I'm fan casting parallel with the shore, trying to figure out what depth they're at. Yeah. And it makes a difference. So there's my tip is pull back, go deeper and, uh, and do it with a purpose and do it with structure. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, your, th- your thoughts, sir. I, I, I agree. I mean, there's, there's, a lot of people think in the summer they're like, yeah, oh, you deep cranking and you're throwing, you know, big uh, football head jigs, you know, deep, 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 like three quarter ounces, and you know that's that's and deep is a relative term. I think that also has to be thrown out there too. Like folks say deep, it's not oh, anything uh, fifteen foot or more or anything because everybody of water is going to have what is deep for the most part you know you might have some super deep pockets here and there but maybe everything else is just a big shallow you know flat you know and so it's and and like you said there's uh, there there are exceptions to every rule you will have and there are there are fishermen who who will who almost refuse to go deep like they're just going to work the bank because they know that they can and they have the confidence to find those fish that are up shallow you know, it's, it's, if it works for you, then fantastic. But I, I agree, you know, it's like, especially like, yeah, wreck boats. That's a really good point. They hear all that noise at the surface of the water. You know, it, it's a good opportunity, you know, t- t- temperature aside, just to get into deeper water where they can have that cover and can't be seen. I almost like your, uh, the suggestion you made about birds. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, well, I think birds, boats, they they recognize them in some level as a predator. That's yeah. it. They don't want to be around them. Yeah, I don't blame them. I don't want to be sense. around wreck boats either. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> Who does these days? And and by the way, I sent a message today to somebody. I think I I would like at this point pontoon boats re, to be reclassified as a subspecies of lake lice. Yeah. Fair. Oh my god. Yeah. To like the queens. <sighs> you know. Yeah. The queen bean. Yeah, it's 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 rough, man. It, it is rough. Pontoon boats, freaking. You got jet skis. You know, canoes are a lifestyle. What are you gonna do? <laughs> you know, canoes straight out of Crompton. So straight out of Crompton. Are. I freaking love it, man. Yep. So there's our tip for the day: pull back a little bit if you're on a wreck lake. Yeah. See what happens. Do a little. Go a little deeper. You got to dig yeah. a little deeper. Got <laughs> You got to. <laughs> Oh, good stuff. So we talked a little bit about it uh, a minute ago, but um, I just want to go over real quick what happened in last month's Chronic Trips tournament. Yep. We got time for that. Do I have a theme song today? Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, my God. Last month's Chronic Trips, was, it ended It ended just in a great way. Like I said, I was I was on the outskirts chasing Nate Chagnon with, uh, with some pike. It didn't happen, but... Nate did end up wrapping up third place, a point over Nelson. Nelson had 17. Nate had 18 points. Berkshire Brett did finish with a nice, solid fifth place of 15. And, uh, you know, like we said, Jerry House has just been having a multi-species year. Oh, yeah. He finished in second place with 20. And the winner and new champion for Chronic Trips, Jesse Jones. Jesse Jones? Yeah. 26 points and he was uh he was another competitor just like our boy nelson that got shark got on yeah. some shark yep so great job guys everyone did a great job um a couple other notes on the tournament so the longest freshwater fish nate 27 and three quarter inch pike yep longest saltwater fish jesse jones 59 inch shark First to 100 was Jerry Howes. First to 200 was Jesse Jones. And Jesse did make a run at 300. He got to 291. The mythical number stands. No one has cracked 300 inches. 300 inches in chronic trips. In chronic trips. No one has cracked it. It's been cracked in jigs and bigs. Yes, it has. But it's not been cracked in chronic trips, which is, it's kind of weird. Don't you think like. You would think with salt water, it would be so easy. Five sharks. Yeah. That's the five sharks could be 250 inches right there, and it hasn't happened. So uh, the one other thing I want to mention: there's a, there was a number of records set. Jesse did the big one was Jesse did set the new record for point uh, the new record for um, for length with that 291. That was that was really really that was phenomenal. Again, awesome. I, it's only a matter of time before 300 goes down. Um, Nate set a record for perch. The shark record again was set by Jesse Jones. Yep. We had a drum entered in this, uh, That's in right. this contest. Yep, freshwater drum. Uh, Jesse also set another uh, another record. He was a, he put in in his any five. He put a pike minnow in. You ever seen what a, what a pike minnow looks like? This came up as a topic of conversation uh, either in the the hooks and hoodlums chat or 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 something similar. Yeah, I I I have heard of these. Tell our listeners yep. though about them. Well, it's it's in the minnow family. It's more related to a goldfish than it is a pike, but it's got an elongated body and elongated head. Yep. Hence the pike minnow term. Gotcha. So Jesse put one of those in, and as we know, if you put in a new fish, it sets the record. So there it is. 
Um, same same thing. I also put in a fall fish. Finally, fall fish was put in. Love love the fall fish. And then uh, our guy Derek from Three Bells. Nice. Turned in a sea robin and a scup. This there see that's this surprised me. This is our first scup. Nelson said he caught a million of them last year. And when I mentioned that Derek had turned one in, he goes, I caught a million. And he goes, I didn't even think to turn one in. I said, well, they're out there. So, you know, I, I always try to put in species. The list of species stays pretty yeah. solid for for uh, for chronic trips. I think we should really be including these species that are common, like little scups. Just throw them in there. What the hell? I mean, yeah, anybody can get course. scup, right? They're the, they're the bluegill of the sea. Why not? That's a great you know? that that's a great uh, an, uh, comparison right there, the bluegill of the sea. Bluegill of the sea. Uh-uh. Now, move, moving on to the Jigs and Bigs tournament for mm-hmm. this month. Again, congratulations! To, oh, I'm sorry, man. You know, I'm, I'm in vacation mode. I don't know what the hell's going on. I hear you. Prizes are being mailed out. Uh, we got all the addresses yesterday, so if you want something for Chronic Trips, expect it soon. Um, Seth's handling all that with me being on the road. So great job. Congrats to all the winners. Great job, Jesse. Great job, Nate. Great job, Jerry. And uh, congrats to everyone who set a record. Now, on to the Jigs and Bigs tourney. Number two, our second second Jigs and Bigs tourney. So just going off points, again, we're not even through the first week. We have a tie in first with myself and, surprise, surprise, Jerry House with 18 points each. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, who's, we have uh, Mike Trzynski is sitting in second place with four. <laughs> so there's a little bit of a jump there, but that's cool. By himself. And then he has got, well, he's basically sandwiched in with another tie. Sticky Fred and Eric Graves, Gravy Fishing, three nice. points each, sitting in, sitting in third place. Again, we're only a weekend. These numbers are going to be all over yeah. the place. Jump in, folks. Uh, the water's fine. It's true. This is this is your opportunity. I mean, you know, while while it might look and uh, you know, let, let's take a look at that largemouth category for a second, okay? Um, the largemouth category for this month right now, our first place. Let me scroll down to it. While you're scrolling, I should make note. This has not been updated with all the stuff I did this morning. So um, yeah. Uh, my my scorecard does not have the 18 and a half in that's now in second place. I got a good largemouth today. Yep. It doesn't have my, well, I have first place in Pike and I have first place in 95, so it doesn't have those in there. It's just not, a, my scores that I just gave were not updated as of this morning because so, I came home and cooked pizzas. I'm just going to throw in there that we have, so our we have five largemouth entered right now. Um, the smallest is 11 inches on the nose and the largest is 19.5 um 19.5 is a great fish but that can be outdone you know and let's be honest here i mean i know that you know eric's gonna keep fishing and and he's gonna bump out that 11 so who knows he could put the 22 that takes first place like there's so much what if that's that's right here uh i don't think we have any smallmouth entered yet no we do eric Oh, Eric got one. Eric got one. I I have. He's out there fishing today, then, because I haven't updated. Yeah. Uh, I want to make a note on that largemouth category. Yep. Take a look at what the length on the tail is on that largemouth. If you got it up, the nineteen five. The nineteen five. Let me go ahead and take a look. We we might as well start hammering this nail in. Take a look. You're smiling. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. What, uh, Bobby Roast Beef? Would you please describe? 
in color what is happening in that picture and why it's 195. It is 195 because even though on the board it measures 20 and a half, um, it's got mouth. an open mouth. Yep. So yep. if the mouth is open more than a quarter inch, yeah, that fish loses an inch. So guys and gals, close the mouths on the fish unless there is a danger. I am not going to say anything about open mouth, open mouths on pike, pickerel, bowfin. gar, yep, bowfin. I am not going to say a word about that. But bass, crappie. Oh, you know what else I'm not going to say a word about? We discovered last time carp. Carp, even though they're not dangerous. You can open a carp's mouth and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because of where it's placed on their body. Yeah, yeah that makes it, sense. It, ab- it absolutely does not matter. So I, I will be making an adjustment on that. I said I was going to do it last month and I didn't because yeah. I'm a piece of shit. So, um, <laughs> yeah, get those uh, get those mouths closed. I don't like deducting. I, I yeah. don't want. I'm. I'm. You know. I just have to be fair. So, and there are other competitive anglers in these tournaments. If they see a mouth open and there's no deduction, I'm going to hear about it. Yep. So they keep me honest. Yeah. Exactly. Get the mouths closed. Stay honest yourself. Nobody has to keep me honest, and we're all good. Yeah. And and if I do have to deduct, it's not personal. It's just this is the rule yep. of the tournament. Yeah, so that's, that's that's exactly that. it. And wear your PFDs, damn it. You know, be safe. Where you where your yeah. Follow your uh, follow your local uh, boating laws, federal, state, and uh, local laws. That I think is is really the name of the game. Don't die. Yeah. Essentially, we want you to here to compete more and more and more. Um, yeah. I. I'm really excited to see what happens. And, and, you know, there's still so much more this month to go. I know that that number of of anglers is going to probably double, maybe even triple by the time we get to the last week of the month and, you know, and, and, and anything can happen. So if you're planning on doing any fishing for this tournament, go ahead and sign in and get ready because we're going to be hooking you guys up again. Uh, the prizes for last month's winners uh, or for the, the May winners uh, were awesome. And I think we're going to do even better this time around. So it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Go ahead, guys, sign up and uh, get to it. It's going to be fan freaking tastic. Excellent. You know what time it is? What time is it? We have no shortage of stories <laughs> this week. We have a couple, a couple in-house, and we have one that came to us via Facebook Messenger that uh, I'll be I'll be reading. That one's the main event. Let me go first. Yeah, you should go first. You know how the big drinking days of the year are what? Now, like Cinco de Mayo, New Year's Eve, the night before Thanksgiving, St. Patrick's Day. Those are pretty much the big four, right? And you shouldn't go out and drink on those nights because people that are out drinking, yeah, it's, it's amateur hour. Fourth of July, if you're out fishing... On a big rec lake, that is yep. the same thing. It is amateur hour. I have two stories from this week that I unfortunately I, I I'm you know what I love the people of Minnesota so much that yep. I'm going to assume I'm going to assume that these people were out of towners. They don't know what they're doing. Clearly. This is the most fishing. This is the most fishingest state in the union. These people were not from. They must have been from Wisconsin. That's it. Oh. Minnesota's got a big Wisconsin rivalry. I, I, I only have to imagine. They, they, listen to this. Side note. There was a 5K walk and run yep. that my we all got involved in yesterday in town. 
and the winner was from Wisconsin, and people booed. I'm sure that they did. <laughs> they booed. It was a, it was a, a you know five k, and they booed him. That was wrong for charity. But, uh, yeah, yeah, they booed him. Oh man, it was just it was just bad. So uh, it was funny, but it was it yeah. was wrong. So we're going to assume that these two stories I have to tell are out of towners, possibly from Wisconsin. I have no verification on that, um, other than them wearing white and red badger clothing and yellow and green cheese heads. But um, <laughs> that could have been anybody. Could have been. It could have been. Could have been. Well, story number one is um, there is a lodge at the end of the lake. And it's at a wider part of the lake. Yep. And I was fishing a, sh- I was fishing a drop up. I wasn't even fishing a shoreline, but I was, I don't know, 50 yards away from the shore fishing in that direction. And that left, I don't know, 300 yards behind me. Also of which behind me was the dock <laughs> with the rental boats at this lodge. Yep. A gentleman got into his boat with two of his buddies and three kids Actually came out of the dock, took a hard left and then a hard right just to go in between me and the shoreline. At that point, I put, I, I was going to say something and I just put my head down and poured another coffee because there were kids in that boat. Yep. I gave this guy more than enough room. Seven, seven eighths of the lake behind me. And he still took the one eighth that I was fishing and cut in front of me. And he was like happy about it. Like get ready to wave. And I'm like, I, I can't. I'm going to swear at you. I can't do this. You know who that guy you know, is? Who's that guy? That guy is like you know when you go in like like an like an airport bathroom or something like that, and you have just like a, like a thousand urinals all lined up, and nobody's at any one of them, and you're over there standing there taking a leak, and that one guy comes and stands next to the one that's right <laughs> next to you. That's that guy. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck that guy, and fuck that guy. Fuck both so, those guys. The next one. You know my love of of jet skiers. I want to get up close and personal. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I was fishing on, I was actually, I had actually pulled myself up on a point with all these rice stalks, which for me is a pain in the ass with the pedal kayak because it gets all crapped up with the weeds. Yep. Oh yeah. And, and, um, I was describing to you the, the, the place I was fishing is kind of, there's like three points that meet up plus a channel where boats are coming out of another lake from, and yep. it's really, really high traffic. There was a kid on a jet ski. Now, if you're on a jet ski, you don't need a license. You don't need shit. Nothing. You don't yeah. need you don't need common sense. You don't need an there's no age restriction. I saw kids as young as like 10 ripping around on jet skis. Well, this one kid that looked to be about in high school went by me once real close. Like I don't mind somebody going by now at this point with the the, the slayer. It's so solid on the water. Yeah. I don't mind people. I don't mind people going by full throttle 50 yards away. I don't care. No kidding. It's fine. I'm fine with that because there's some waves and I'm going to ride them and it's not no yep. skin off my teeth. It's when they go by close. That's a problem because now we're talking danger where collision is on my mind. Yeah. So this kid ripped by me about 15 to 20 feet away and I gave him a dirty look when he went by and then he did it again. Oh, that's when I almost stood up, but he wouldn't have heard me. He was gone. And you know, it's me standing up in the kayak would have been a problem with the knees anyways, but I was livid. So I didn't have a chance to tell him to fuck off then. So right now, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. On to you, sir. You got a good one. I do. I I, I have a real good one. So I'm going to read this verbatim. Um, This one comes to us from good friend of the show, good friend of Chronic Trips, Brock Jenkins. Uh, let's go ahead and get to this. He uh, he gives a little bit of a, uh, a precursor here, and I'm just going to take it away. Uh, 
This comes from uh, his local lakes page, uh, and this was apparently posted yesterday. It says, please be careful of wildlife, especially on a busy holiday weekend. Someone with a faded white boat with a red stripe towing three kids on a tube intentionally and maliciously hit a Canadian goose and the prop completely maimed one of its legs. A kind fisherman was floating towards the middle of the lake, so we stopped to make sure that he was okay, and he told us how he saw the whole thing and that he was trying to protect it while figuring out what to do. My family and I were able to safely get the goose out of the water and then home. Unfortunately, after several calls to the emergency vet hospitals and wildlife rescues, we had to humanely put the animal down. This is an absolutely tragic loss of life. Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. That's that's yeah, that, that is guy. not cool. That's actually I'll tell you what. That is that I think is even a step under um, the goose wings on the sign guy. I think that's actually a step below because, you know, like, just what a douche. I, I don't know. I think they're both equally heinous. Like, did this guy have kids in the boat? Was this, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He had he had kids on the tube. Dude, you know? that's just pieces of shit. Yeah, absolute, absolute assholes. Yeah. Uh, so... And I, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but we have. We've officially changed the name of this segment to Fuck That Guy. Uh, thank you, Paul. Yeah, thank you. And that's, that's, that's based on Paul. We, we didn't realize how, how well it worked. So. And then I had to throw a little Billy the Doctor in there just for that little story. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know. I, I, I almost feel you don't make you don't make some, some um, decisions with soundtracks very often, but I, I don't know. Is that, did that fit? That was sinister. That was yeah. I tried to lighten it up because it was pretty. Fucking, oh, okay. Yeah, I was trying to lighten it up a little bit. That, that um, makes more sense. Yeah, um, and also I, I think that's the perfect soundtrack for the mentality of somebody who might uh, think it's awesome to play, you know, uh, whack a goose with her. Definitely, definitely a soundtrack to anyone who has derp running through their mind constantly. You're right. You're right. Uh, I. The first time I looked at that, I was just like, "Oh, hold on! This is a faded white boat, and was the was the 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 the, the captain of this vessel drinking a red stripe?" And they were like, "Hooray, beer!" That's what I thought initially. That's where my head was, but no, 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 with a red stripe on the boat. Yeah, you know what? I drank red stripe once way back in the day, and I yep. thought that was the most heinous, vile beer I've ever had in my life. It's not bad. I, I feel not like, like red stripe. I feel like there's a time and a place. You know, and maybe that time and place is 30 beers in already. <laughs> yes. I, I'm not going to or, or whatever whatever number of beers it takes for you to actually deaden your taste buds. Well, and keep in mind that this statement comes from a man who willingly puts clam juice in his beer. So, yeah. you know, there's, <laughs> there's that. There's that. Yep. Oh, man, what a freaking, freaking... Like, amazing week. This week has been killer. Uh, guys, we have an amazing interview coming up just next. You're going to want to uh, check this out. I have uh, Brandon Heimrichs with us, and he he is uh, an amazing angler from Missouri. Uh, he fishes a lot on Table Rock. He fishes uh, the Ozarks. Um, he's got some good stuff, and uh, and and 
you know, we, we get into it. We go, this, this interview actually goes uh, off the rails, but in the best kind of way. Uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy that. We will be back after this quick word from our good friends over at uh, Three Bells Outfitters. Remember, check them out because life is better on the water. Jigs and Bigs is proud to announce that we're being supported by Three Bells Outfitters. Located in Smith Cove on the Niantic River, TBO is Connecticut's premier paddle sports retailer. They're a full service shop specializing in kayaks and paddle boards for everything from recreation to tournament fishing. Three Bells is an authorized dealer of Hobie, Jackson, Feel Free, Native, and Bonafide kayaks, as well as many paddleboard brands. Not sure of what kind of SUP or kayak you want? TBO offers free demos of all brands. Want to go for an extended test drive? They have a full service rental facility on site. Three Bells also offers a complete rigging service for your kayak with such brands as Yak Attack, Yak Gear, Burley Pro, Yak Power, Torquedo, and more. The sky is the limit. You can visit Three Bells Outfitters in person or online at threebellsoutfitters.com. They ship anywhere in the lower 48 states or order online and pick up at the store. Can't make it to the store to pick up your kayak or worried the freight company might damage your purchase? Three Bells Outfitters offers a white glove delivery of kayaks within a 225 mile radius of their store at a rate less than typical freight carriers. They will deliver your kayak, set it up, and answer any questions you may have. Be sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to tell them Jigs and Big sent you Three Bells Outfitters because life is better on the water. Hey, what's up, guys? Bobby Roast Beef here for Jigs and Bigs, and it's uh, our interview segment right here. And in the beef seat this week, we've got Brandon Heimrichs with us. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? How's how's everything going? Going great, man. Thanks for having me. That's awesome, man. You guys might know Brandon from Instagram. Uh, Dustoff underscore fishing is his handle over there. Uh, he's also he reps a lot of the the killer companies that uh, that I love. Uh, Hooks at Hoodlums, old uh, old uh, what what is this? Old Glory Outdoors. We got X Zone. He's you're an X Zone guy, huh? Yeah, yeah. Good stuff, yeah. man. Good stuff. So you know the deal. We're gonna talk fishing obviously we're gonna get to know some of like the preferences things that you like uh the the way you like things when you're out on the water uh we're gonna hear some funny stories and uh just kind of have a good old time with this sound good yes sir let's do it all right so to get things started tell us like i'm a sucker for an origin story so go ahead and and tell me brandon how it was that you came to discover fishing like who was it that introduced it to you and then what was it that kind of got it to the point now where you're creating content and you're going at the level you're at now yeah man uh first again thanks for having me um I learned, so I'm in, I would feel like maybe, and I could be debatable about this, but I feel like I'm kind of in the Mecca for some fishing here in the, in the Midwest, especially in Missouri. Mm-hmm. I live in, uh, I, I'm originally from a town called Jefferson city, but I live about 45 minutes from a place called Lake of the Ozarks, oh, which man. is a big, yeah, which is a big fishery here in, uh, in Missouri. And so my family, um, ever since I was, um, Actually, they've had this place since the 70s. You're, I'm sitting in it right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to do some fishing after we get off the phone here. But nice. uh, my dad and grandpa would uh, bring me down here, and we would, uh, we'd stop at this little, like, 
Bass Pro uh, gas station and pick up some crawdads or some nice. minnows on the way down. We'd throw out some rigs. We'd set them out overnight. Uh, we kind of I I kind of felt like that was Christmas for me because you you never know what you're going to catch on a crawdad mm-hmm. that you leave overnight. You know, true. And uh, and that started it for me. Uh, mostly just dock fishing and bank fishing. Uh, I had some family members that had some boats. They would take me out. I I'll be honest, dude, like I don't, I hate mornings, which is kind of crazy because I'm in the army and I like to fish, which is, you know, it's kind of counterintuitive to that stuff. But anyway, so I did that all kind of growing up in the, in the eighties and nineties. And then uh, I was a wrestler in in high school and uh, my wrestling coach takes a group of people to Canada every year to this place called the Quetico Provincial Park, which is just north of Ely, Minnesota. And oh it's kind of like a manly man's type of trip. Uh, you show up there, they give you a couple backpacks and a canoe, and they drop you off someplace. And then they say, we'll see you in seven days. And wherever you decide you want to go and fish, that's where you go. You kind of cook what you catch. And uh, and then you kind of come out like bigger, better, and stronger for it. Mm-hmm. Uh at the end of it. So that kind of started, started me on it. And like most people I've heard, I've heard a thousand interviews on this, but like a lot of people kind of in their high school and college timelines find other interests. Yep. And, uh, and anyway, I went to Afghanistan, uh, with the army and then I went to Iraq with the army and I had kind of gotten to a point where I was like, I'm just going to live my life. And I'd always remembered that Canada trip. Yeah. And I hooked up with an army buddy who goes every year. And so uh, two years ago, uh, this year will be my third year. Uh, I started going on that trip. And then like everybody else who probably starts an Instagram page, uh, my friends are like, cool. That's a fish, man. Like, is that good? Is that bad? <laughs> yeah. They don't have anything you know? for scale. They don't get it. No. So I, I started an Instagram page just because I wanted to talk to people who knew like, Hey, that's a good looking bass or nice mm-hmm. spot or, you know, good pike or whatever. And so I kind of just did this on a whim in November and, uh, and we're up to about 6,000 followers now. So shut up six K in that short amount of time, you're killing it. I mean, your, your account is like your, your, your page is pretty badass. Like there's, there's, there's a lot of really, really good stuff on your, on your profile. But I mean, like that's, that's since November. <laughs> yep. November 6th away, was the day man. I started. That's yeah. crazy, man. Holy shit. That's bananas. Well, Hey, good for you. You're, you're absolutely killing it. And, and like, I totally get what you're saying. Like you, you, that, that Canada, that Canada trip is like, Every, it's like like me with Champlain. It's it's the same kind of deal. Like that's just a trip, and I never even went, you know, to Champlain. This is something my father had done with his his buddies. You know, it's one of those things. And this this fall, I'm taking my dad to Champlain. You know, it's just like it's it's one of those things. You kind of reconnect with it, and it is a very common story where you find somebody who falls into fishing and they just it's everything that they want to do and then you're right like you get to your your mid to late teenage years and you you get busy you have other stuff you're trying to do you know trying to kind of like create a life and stuff and you know you don't really realize the importance that getting outdoors and spending quality time and having that like it the benefit fishing gives people for their own mental health whether they acknowledge that or not is immense you know 
Yeah, man. So like, uh, there's a quote and I, I'm going to butcher this, but they, you know, the fisherman, uh, spends his whole life not realizing that it's not the fish that he's trying to catch. Yep. And, uh, you know, and I, I don't want to get too deep into my own personal, uh, yeah. story, but, you know, as a, um, you know, as a two-time combat veteran and a guy who's kind of been through a lot of, uh, you know, difficult situations and, and, and rough, uh, scenarios when yep. you, when you come back from stuff like that, you're not the same guy. And so you find different outlets. And for me, like fishing is a healthy outlet. Yeah. That isn't something that is gonna, you know, damage my, you know, my life or my job or, or have a negative impact on the people around me. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those things that you can just kind of go out and kind of bury yourself in for a while. Oh yeah. And I've heard so. that actually, like just, just sometimes it's the familiarity, you know, of like, this is what I used to love doing. I'm going to reconnect with it. And, and, you know, the benefits that that can give you, I mean, Sean, the fisherman has shared before that, like his, his connection with fishing is all about replacing one habit with another which was alcohol. So for him, he was like, yeah, I'm going to quit drinking and I'm, I'm going to go 110% into, you know, casting some artificial baits and see what kind of a mess we can make. And, and, you know, it's awesome, dude. Let's talk about like your favorite season. Like what's your favorite season to be out there fishing? Yeah, man. So I think we, I think, I think I probably echo most people's sentiments when you say the springtime is the best Mm -hmm. time to, to fish. I mean, you saw, you know, Swamp Rat Alex, our buddy, you know, oh, yeah. pulled his PB out in April. Uh, I pulled two PBs out this spring nice. in April. Um, you know, and that's pre-spawn and spawn because you get those fish that are just, you know. They're, they're ready like to pop. Yeah. Twice as fat as they are uh, long. And I, like, what's funny is, like, I caught a bluegill that had a belly that was, like, three inches wide uh, this year, which I thought was kind of cool, but anyway, yeah, spring is definitely the, the best time of year to catch fish. I think honestly, though, I'm most familiar with this time of year with fishing. Yeah. Cause I, you, you spend a lot, I think you spend a lot more time in the summer. I think like everybody's jobs are kind of more laid back and you, you spend more time, your family wants to go to the lake in the summer. They yeah. don't want to drag, you know, you and the dogs and the truck and all that other stuff down to the lake house in the winter to watch you put on 15 pairs of clothes and go out in the exactly the boat and fish. Yep. So, so yeah, I think, I think spring's my favorite, but summer is definitely one of those times where I get a lot more fishing in. Oh yeah. I mean, it's summer is definitely, you, you have the accessibility. Um, but I mean, with that, you know, there's challenges too. Like you get a lot of wreck boaters that are out there. A lot of people vacationing on the lakes and just novice anglers that are taking up space in some situations, especially like if you're on the bank, that's like bane of my existence, man. It's tough. But, you know, at the same time, you're you're absolutely right. It's like the the fishing is the best in the spring, but, you know, summertime, I feel like that's where a lot of us kind of cut our teeth. And it's funny, too. A lot of people struggle, myself included, in that summer heat, you know? Like they struggle to find bass. You would think with everybody being out there so often and being so easy to get out there and catch fish or so easy to get out there to fish, I should say. Like there's, there are, I hear a lot of people that are just like, yeah, I struggle after, after that post spawn comes and we start getting into the real heat of summer. It gets, it gets tough. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of winter fishing. Yep. So, uh, winter fishing is deep fishing. Yeah. And 
so is summer fishing for, you know, lack of a better term, you know, people get used to beating banks a lot of time. And a lot of time you have people that are bank fishermen. So where I like to kind of find my refuge in the summertime, which kind of to your point, the Lake of the Ozarks is like one of the biggest man-made lakes in the country. So yeah, it's huge. I don't know how many million square miles of shoreline it has or whatever, but, but, you know, I kind of fall back on, I know this cove, I know the points, I know the structure and the cover. It's not like, you know, like Blackwood and Swamp Rat say, you know, like tidal rivers change every year. Yep. This river or this lake is the same lake that I fished when I was five. Yeah. You know, like the same places still work. So I either do that or I'll go fish these um, cold water, cold water uh, lakes or I'm sorry, cold water rivers or creeks in Missouri, like the James river, the mm-hmm. Gasconade river, the Finley river, a good friend of mine, uh, a guy named Ryan Reed has a, has like a private put in on this river because oh, really? it's like blocked off by uh, like a water treatment plant that's owned by the city. And he works for the city. So he has this like key to this gate where we just get private access to this river. And then we have all this fish, and fishing that's hardly ever touched <laughs> and we get dream, to fish that man. all the time that's yeah and that river dream. is you know cold water river in the summer so you have yep. you know you don't have any pressure you have kind of like you don't have real deep places fish can't hide very many spots oh yeah and and you just you just kill it there man it's great that's freaking bananas that is awesome what is your like your favorite type of body to wa- body of water are you or do you lean more toward like these large bodies of water like lake of the ozarks or do you like you know to break down smaller ponds or or or, or is current your thing yeah man so um that's a tough question dude so i I live real close to Table Rock Lake too. And like some spots in Table Rock are mm-hmm. like 130 feet deep. Jesus. It's, it's, it's classified as like a Highland reservoir. And I'm not in like literally whole trees are at the bottom of this lake, like standing 30 foot tall really? and they're like 60 feet down. So I don't know how to fish water like that. I didn't grow up fishing yeah. water that deep. I don't know how to fish that stuff. Uh, a guy named Fish the Moment and uh, Randy Blockett. Fish oh, yeah. that lake a lot. So if you ever watch their show, yeah, you know, they'll teach you how to fish offshore at Table Rock with spoons and all this other stuff. But I don't I'm not very good at that. I think my bread and butter is anywhere between 20 and zero feet. I'm yeah. getting used to current. I fish this river called uh or it's a lake, but it's off the James River called Tanicomo, which is a cold water river that's famous for uh actually the state record, maybe even the, the national record brown trout, I think was 38 inches. Maybe it was 38 pounds, 38 pounds taken out of there. It's huge. Yeah, dude. So yeah. Oh shit. Sorry. So, uh, my point is, is, uh, I think my favorite is probably like the Ozarks because of comfortability, but I'm getting really used to fishing the skinny water and current. Uh, and I, so old 18 is one of our, um, my rod companies and, or they are my rod company. And, they were, when we were talking, they were like, what kind of rod do you want? I said, well, I have a G Loomis IMX that I like to fish spinning tackle for trout with. And I like to fish these jigs or they're marabou jigs made by this place called Lily's Landing. Yep. And you can buy them online and they're kind of made like, they're kind of like hair jigs, but I think they're made with like, I don't know, some sort of fancy feather that chicken feathers or something. But anyway, I like to fish four pound in Seaguar 
uh, fluorocarbon on this G Lumis IMX yep. with, and I have an Abu Garcia Zata, but, and I just like to jig that in that current and that, that jig just kind of like, you know, floats. Those feathers and have to be the, like so delicate with the action. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the trout just murder those jigs. Like we'll really? see people, they're fishing cheese bait, they're fishing worms, they're fishing rooster tails and, and yeah. Panther Martins, all of the stuff that people fish for trout with. But those jigs have gotten me 16 fish in a day where like, I'll talk to people and they're like, yeah, we got one, two. We got people that are like at really? the put out going, Hey, can we have a couple of those fish to take home? You know? No kidding. So, yeah, dude. Uh, and Tanicomo is great because it's also a great bass fishery because nobody fishes for them. Mm. And they have a huge fish that people go out there with like trout glide baits, you know, like some of these river to sea glide baits or oh, whatever yeah. and catch seven, six, seven pounders. That's freaking badass. There's so many amazing bodies of water in this country that I have, you know, that my little brain can barely even comprehend. You know, some of these, some of these spots that, that I, that people talk to me about, I'm just like absolutely floored with them. Um, as far as like confidence baits for you, what's, what's your top three look like? Like, what are the three things that you can count on to catch them? Yep. So, uh, pretty simple for me, uh, jig and not a swim jig. Okay. I'm not like a. I'm not like a swim jig guy. I'm more like a flipping jig, football jig, yep. structure cover kind of guy. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm also a big fan of an underspin on a spin bait. I like the X Zone Swammer, and oh, what's really been killing it from yeah. And what's really been killing it for me right now is the electric shad and the chartreuse and white Swammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been murdering it. In fact, I like when I take my family out, I give them all uh, Swammers, and we just. Like they just destroy fish. Yeah. I don't fish with my family because you know the deal, dude. Like you go out on a boat and like you have a bunch of non-fishermen. Yep. All you do the whole time is fix is, their stuff. Yeah, fix their stuff. My in fact, my dad went out and of course I don't have any like crappy rods, right? Yeah. You're At all. Giving them great and shit. So yeah, I'm giving him nice rods. Well, what's it what's he do? He takes the takes the rod and he goes to cast it and the lure catches my other rod and breaks it. And it was a Shimano Zodius that oh, I had not fished with yet. And he broke it in half for real. So oh I had God. this, yeah. So I had this $220 rod that like, it comes with a rod sleeve. That's how nice it is. Yeah. And he breaks it in half. Of course I can't be like, you know, you just got to take it all in stride. Yeah, exactly. You got to be like, Hey, yeah. let's fishing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, so that was a, that was an interesting night, but anyway, long story short is, uh, swim baits are one, especially like the paddle tail, like four inch yep. swammers, uh, the, the flipping or, or pitching jigs is another one. And then lately, um, and I hate to say it, man. Cause like people, people talk smack on Ned rigs, but like, uh, my buddy, Jeremy Mitchell says, you know, I put a, I put the, all the Ned rigs in a box and I put on it break in case of emergency. Cause that's all the pros use. Like mm-hmm. if they're trying to fill a limit at the end of a tournament and they yeah. can't catch, you know, five fish, they throw a Ned rig on and they fish with it. But some of my best fish, especially in Canada, um, like walleye, which is crazy because I don't want to get on a tangent here, but go for it. Walleye fishing. Um, so we go to Canada every year and, and I fish for walleye and trout like I fish for bass. So a lot of people don't oh, really? okay. do that. 
like people go out and they troll for walleye or they, or they fish with these like leeches or they do some sort of weird crap with spoons and, and, and minnows. I don't do that stuff. I don't know how to do that stuff. So I fish for walleye, like I fish for bass. And what's crazy is we'll come in and we, and we'll catch 18, 20, 25 walleye in a day, 18 to 23 inches, perfect eater size. Yep. Uh, but we'll come in from like the week long trip and we'll be like, yeah, you know, we caught, you know, 20 fish every day and we had great days. We never were hungry or anything else. And these people are like, really? Like people are coming in saying they can't catch anything on like the normal stuff. Mm-hmm. And so apparently if you just throw fish stuff, they don't see usually like, yeah. uh, like as an example, I took these Elastec three inch pink meds up to uh canada and yep. fish for walleye with those and just murdered them like yeah. every cast pink yeah so anyway long story short is i think it's probably ned swim baits and and, and flipping and, and pitching jigs but i, I do love uh, a jig I, I i'm a jig disciple i i didn't used to be but yeah i've had so many people like teach me that yep. if you can get good at it you can get big fish because the the biggest fish you're ever going to catch are going to be on jigs or top water. Yeah. I believe that wholeheartedly. Huh. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big believer in a jig. I always, I always lean toward a jig when, when I've found fish and I'm looking for size, you know, in that group of fish, that's exactly what I'm going to throw as a jig. And like, I'll use my, my goal this year was finding fish, getting better at finding fish, especially at new bodies of water. So reading contour maps is huge, paying attention to the weather, all of these other variables that go together. But then also like, I've never been, I've always considered myself much more of a finesse angler, Ned rigs, drop shot, weightless plastics. That was my bread and butter. That's what I did well. And then I started to kind of get into jigs and started to have some, some basically after researching them and figuring out how am I supposed to use this? And I've recently just kind of fallen in, into, uh, really like add swim jigs as part of that, where uh, honestly, if, if I can't throw a rattle trap, I, like because of gr- like insane grass or whatever, I'm gonna throw a, th- a swim jig and use that to try to find fish. Unless you know, like like an underspin. I, I that used to be the only search bait I would throw was an underspin. But like there's just just a time and a place, and that's it. It's funny because our jigs, the ones that we put out in in our jig kits, they play this funky little. They kind of walk the line uh, between a not a flipping jig, but like an, like an arky style head. Cause they do have that arky style head. If you take a look at that, it does. Oh look yeah. Like an yeah. That'll style go head. through some brush pretty good. Oh, yeah. easily. But, and then you look at like that hook, like it's, it's, it's uh-huh. almost ideal to, to play double, you know, uh, to play I, both. I roles. agree. It, it's dynamite. <clears throat> and this is, those are know, nice, man. It's first time seeing them. Yeah, they came out really good. They're they were they're eventually going to be available. Like we're eventually we have a handful that we're using for like prizes for the tournaments and stuff like that. They're mm-hmm. they're very very solid. Sean and I put a lot of work into these, and I mean I think they're uh, they're eventually going to be available. You know to to just buy them individually and then in kits and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, I'm a I'm a huge like if I'm looking for size, I'm going to throw a jig. You know. Once mm-hmm. I can get on them, I'm like, there was, I was fishing with Todd Grubb <laughs> and it was the day, I, the first time out with my, my first kayak and I just needed a bite. 
So I'm like, this is ridiculous. I've been fishing all this submerged timber, throwing a PB&J jig. Like everything about this says this is what they're going to bite. And I'm like, I just got to get bit. That's what I need. So I grab my spinning combo, weightless black and blue Senko. Few casts in, bam, got a little dink. And I was like, all right, cool. Now I know there's fish here. Let's go get the big ones. And then I was able to just throw a jig after that, knowing that I found them. So it's just crazy, man. So I got an interesting story about that. So I yep. went fishing with this guy named Chad Hoover. Have you ever oh, I know heard Ch of Chad yeah. Hoover? Yep. Oh, okay. KBF. So, so, yeah. So Chad and I and a uh, guy named Jeremy Mitchell and Mike Unruh and a couple other dudes went out on the Gasconade yes, two days ago. No, yesterday. And uh, first time meeting Chad, awesome dude. If yep. you don't know him, check him out. He's a great guy. And man, that guy is a mover and a shaker. But and he's a great fisherman. Yep. Sean got so, to meet him at uh, Sean got to meet him at a KBF event at uh, Candlewood in Connecticut. And he's okay. like, he is a personality. Holy cow! <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, he and I hit it off because we're both helicopter pilots. Oh, so, no kidding! Nice. Yeah. So we 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 had plenty of you know shit to shoot. You know, but. Um, Anyway, long story short is we were getting skunked. Everybody was getting skunked. And I'm fishing with like, you know, Chad's a pro mm -hmm. and Jeremy's uh Jeremy cashes checks all the time on our on our Moyak uh kayak fishing tournaments. And these guys are getting skunked. We're throwing top waters, we're throwing jigs, we're throwing uh and I, I you know, you go in the night before with a plan, right? You you're like you're yeah. I'm gonna put jigs, I'm gonna put I'm going to put, I actually put a Pompadour Jr. on, which is a jackal mm -hmm. bait, which is like a walking bait. It's kind of cool. And anyway, long story short, Senko, all that stuff. None of that was working. And, um, and Chad threw, I threw, I actually threw on an Aaron's uh, PB and J three inch Ned rig and yep. caught a fish. I caught a drum actually, with oh, it, yeah. which is crazy. Like, and, uh, and so Chad was like, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to throw on a net and he threw on a net, but he threw on a different color and he started catching. He caught an 18 inch smallie and, but he I'm threw kidding. like, it was like green and chartreuse or something. Yep. So chartreuse was kind of the thing that kind of keyed me in. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go all in. So I, I threw a Jade's jigs is this place in Springfield local that has like these awesome EWG net heads. Yep. So I threw that Jade's jig, Ned head on a chartreuse grub and oh, yeah. don't, don't sleep on grubs, man. Cause grubs like grubs work as great for two things. One, they work great for smallies. Uh, and the second thing they work great for are in current. Okay. I'm going to go say three things. And mm -hmm. the third thing they were great for is they were great as trailers on finesse jigs, yep. uh, in current. So anyway, long story short, I threw that grub on. I caught like eight fish on that thing the rest of the day. That's and awesome. It killed for me, and I was like, I was like top catcher of, of the day just with that grub, you know. And I just kept telling people, I don't. It's stupid because I have like a thousand dollars worth of tackle and another thousand dollars worth of rods, and I'm throwing a dollar fifty, uh, Express, uh, Bass Pro Chartreuse grub on this yep. net head and catching fish. So. 
It's yeah. crazy. There's a saying that Sean likes to use is he says, you know, I go to a body of water and I show them my particular brand of bullshit. And it's true. Like <laughs> y- you show those fish something that they're not used to seeing all the time. Like we joke about it. The freaking state fish of Massachusetts shouldn't be the cod. It should be the bloated white Senko at the bottom of the pond because they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, I mean, they, they do they get bit? Sure. But if you can throw something that's going to get their attention, that's like, recently i just started getting into scents like i i I love uh jj's magic chartreuse like i just use it just in the right kind of give a little bit of highlight here and there something to mix it up and if you can show them something that they haven't seen a million times that's awesome or even like another another thing that i'm finally starting to understand is the difference in in vibrating baits like like you take uh lipless cranks a standard lipless crank and then a one knocker totally different kinds of sounds underwater and that could be the difference if everybody's been throwing one or the other you know and you can put something in front of them that's a little bit different that they can key in on it's i'm i'm also a believer in like the red hooks you know, some t- some bodies of water, it can it can come into play. You know, I know a lot of people who think yes. they're on baloney, but <laughs> no, no, it's not. So a good friend of mine um, taught me that if you fish really pressured waters and you fish lipless, like especially lipless are big and popular early spring. Oh yeah. Um. Anyway, in pressured waters, you fish the liplesses that don't have the rattles in them. Like they're just the silent. They're ones. just kind of silent. Yep. And those are the those will kill fish, big time early spring. I've heard more and more of that too. Yeah, silent, silent, mm-hmm. you know, silent vibrating baits like no rattles. Yeah, it's they're interesting. They're like blade baits, dude. Yep. Like blade baits were the only thing I could catch fish on for like a while in the winter, and it's the same. It's yep. kind of the same thing. It's the erratic action but it's silent. Yep. And so it's more of a instinctual thing than it is like a reaction thing. I think fish like get angry at things that sound kind of loud in the water, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Like, it, and it also just gets their attention too. one of my favorite baits. That's really noisy is from Spro. It's the, the BBZ rat. And I've got the, what is it? The 40 or the 50. It's like the biggest one that they make. And it sounds like the knocker on a door. It's just like click, 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 click on the surface of the water. And I'm convinced it's just like, Hey, I'm here. There's the dinner bell. It's, it's crazy. Um, I love Sprout, dude. I I throw rock crawlers down here all the time. Just kill people, kill fish. Uh, RK fifties are like my, is my favorite crankbait of all time. I got to experiment more with cranks. I've been, I've been playing around a lot with lipless because of the versatility. You know, I can fish them as deep or as shallow as I want. You know, it's, I like that. Uh, and everything else that I've experienced, it's all square bills, but that comes from a lot of bank fishing, you know, so it, it kind of makes sense. The deep diving stuff, like, should I think the deepest water I have fished is like 40, about 45 feet maximum. And it's just, it's so completely brand new to me. So that's one of the things I'm really excited about getting into this new kayak with three bells is that, you know, getting in there, they're rigging me up with like this insane Lowrance rig, like stuff that's actually tools that I'm going to be able to sink my teeth into and really like start to understand more of the planning that goes into this and just research. Like it's, it's crazy, but let's get back into this here. What are three people that you would love to fish with and they can be living or dead 
Okay, so the first one's uh, going to be kind of a obscure one, maybe to people that are probably under fifty. But uh, there's a guy named Virgil Ward. Have you ever heard of Virgil Ward? Virgil Ward. I don't think so. So Google him, but um, I think he actually won a Bassmaster Classic. But he's actually the grandfather of a really good friend of mine named Eric Carnute. And he's local to Missouri. I think he lived in the town called Lamar. Uh, but he, uh, by all accounts, uh, was a fi- my. In fact, my wife fished with him when she was a kid uh, before he died. But he's got a he's got a like a wall of fame up at the Bass Pro in Independence, Missouri. He had mm-hmm. a TV show for yeah. a bunch of years. Um, but that is probably the first guy I like to fish with just because I have a local connection and a good, and like actually the guy who told me to buy that Loomis IMX for that trout, Mm -hmm. um, Lake was, was uh, Eric and, and that that's his grandpa. So I think that's probably the first person. That's crazy. Uh, this, yeah. The second person I would like to fish with would probably be, um, I think I would probably say Scott Martin just because that guy is like a, live scope Garmin bass ninja. Like I think I could learn like a ton of stuff from him. Uh, and I think if I had to say like I had a weakness, uh, it would probably be like reading and understanding electronics as it relates to, um, where fish are, how they're behaving, how they're holding, where they're holding, when they're holding there. And I just really love that he can kind of break down and he seems like a, like a personality, you know, like yep. he seems like a guy that I'd like to like have a beer with or whatever, uh, which is kind of cool. I like that about him. And then I think probably the last person that I'd like to fish with is, um, which is kind of going to be weird, but, uh, there's this guy named Kyler Beckman who, uh, is a crappie fisherman and he is at Truman and he's actually a good friend, of a good friend of mine and i think i actually might get to fish with him but lake fork guy went up and did a video with him and fished with him and he's actually oh, first really? in the points and like the crappie professional standards but but uh he runs a guide service up at truman lake which is oh, like i said nice. missouri is the best place in my opinion to fish for anything that you could want ever yeah. like truman lake is a world-class crappie lake uh, Lake of the Ozarks is a world, it's not a world-class big bass lake, meaning like, it's not like Lake Fork that's going to have like a 20 in it. Yeah. But as far as like the diversity of species, um, and the amount of fish and it's crazy. Table Rock obviously is mm-hmm. kind of stands up on its own and, yeah, but but uh, those are the three guys I think of, and I know they're not like famous or normal or common. It's not like Bill Dance or Jimmy Houston or yeah. I, you know maybe Richard Gene the Fishing Machine might be somebody fun to fish with because I love Richard his Gene's show. the man. <laughs> He's great. I love his show, man. <laughs> I want to have uh, him on, but I think so if, bad. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of the thing. It's like those guys that I would fish with are kind of local to me yeah. for the most part. Yeah. So I could learn things from them that I could translate into everyday life. Like yeah. if I learn how to fish crappie on Truman Lake, if I wanted to go to Truman Lake and fish crappie, I could do that. Yeah. And then you know? the, the connection, like you said, with, with Virgil being your buddy's grandfather and having like that, I mean, that's just crazy. I, I was looking, I was, while you were talking, I, I did Google him. He's in the freshwater fishing hall of fame. Yep. I didn't even know that was a thing. Brandon, mm-hmm. this is how much shit yeah. I have to learn. 
Jesus. <laughs> What's it's... funny is there's a video of him and it's like a highlight video. And like I said, it's back when like, you know, fishing was a TV show and stuff. Yeah. And Eric is on that show, like holding this, like, I, I want to say it's like an eight pound bass. And he's like five, you know, and you're like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, it's insane, man. My, my PB is weak sauce. Okay. It's like five, nine, two or something. Like I need Cody Lackwood to, to get me like on a fucking eight yeah. and, you know, and shit, but we'll get there. But it, it's, yeah. it's just the same. That's freaking yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Go watch some of his videos, man. He's got a personality too. So I uh I have pretty good. I have been one of the channels on YouTube that I've been like f- fully addicted to is old school ba- uh, old school fishing videos. This is the name of the channel. Old school fishing videos. And it's yeah. all stuff from like the 80s and 90s for the most part. And I think it's a relatively new channel. There's probably maybe a dozen videos on there. Some of them are like two hours long, you know, and they're specials, technique specials, you know, and this just, it's great stuff. So I'll like put that stuff on and like my wife, we like to leave the TV on when we're sleeping. And she's like, why do you leave this like random shit on? She's like, it's like a time machine. I'm like, it's on. I love it. It's great. I can't get enough. Oh man. Yeah. Oh. What, uh, so Chad was cracking me up because Chad, I told Chad I was throwing that pompadour. Yeah. And Chad goes, You mean an Argonaut? And I'm like, No, it's called a pompadour. And he goes, No, dude, like this lure was invented in the 60s. And then they just recently Reinvented. just came out and changed it and gave it a new name. Like it's kind of like bell bottoms, right? Like bell bottoms are cool. And then like 10 years ago, we had these wide leg jeans that you might as well have called bell bottoms. Pretty you much. Know? And so, anyway, long story short, is, you know, he, he kind of enlightened me to the fact that that actually was an old lure. Everything that is new or everything old is new again. It seems like there's just all kinds of stuff. Jitterbugs have been kind of making a comeback. I remember, was it was it last year or the year before, you saw a lot of hula poppers showing up in like mm-hmm. mystery tackle boxes and stuff. And you're like, holy crap, I can remember seeing that stuff. In fact, actually... Is the pompadour like a walking style bait? Like it's got wings. Yeah, man. Okay. So my father, one of the coolest lures he ever had in, in his tackle box. And I remember this when I was a little kid. I wanted to fish with this so bad. It was a bat. It was a topwater bat. It had big metal wings that hinged outward like this. And I remember telling him, I'm like, well, let's tie this on. And he's like, that stuff doesn't catch fish. We'll just use some night crawlers <laughs> or some mealworms. It'll be good. Trust me. This is what you want to have. And I'm like, why is there this tackle box full and i mean it was one of these like giant giant boxes with like the trays that came out and everything and i'm like and but you're telling me none of this works i mean like a seven-year-old kid i'm like are you freaking high i'm like what are you doing and it's just it's just crazy so i actually it's it's so funny because for father's day i i dropped a little bit of coin he would never treat himself on a fishing rod like like i got him i didn't get him anything crazy i got him a cash on crt uh seven foot medium uh medium yeah seven foot medium uh and a, a 13 fishing creed reel nice nice rig got them all set up and i also bought him some uh z-man trds and i gave him some weedless uh ned heads too and i was like this is the bait it's like the multi-species everything bait. You can catch anything on this, you know. You don't have to worry about keeping it alive. It's all good, you know. So he's he's psyched, <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, man. But I and I heard you talking about that with Sean, and uh, that's a great gift, dude. No, oh, he was so like, excited. Man, I bet he was just stoked about that. 
Yeah, he was casting with it off the the deck at my sister's house. And he's just like, I have never you know, felt. You know, it's like the kid at Christmas that yeah. can't wait to play with his toy. Oh, it was the know? best. I was like, oh, he's gonna love this. It's so good. My my goal right now is to get him in a kayak asap, so that way, you know, when we go to Champlain, he's like, he's kind of got it. It's all old hat. So that's the idea. My get a goal. wide one. Get him like a new canoe or something that's gonna like. Never tip, you yeah. know what I mean? Well, I think what's going to probably end up happening, so uh, uh, Three Bells Out- Outfitters is is putting me into uh, uh, Native Titan 13.5, which is like 41 inches wide. It doesn't tip. It's, it's So I have a feeling my backup plan is to just send them out in that one, and I'm going to get in the Ascend. And probably, mm-hmm. because it's pedal drive, I'm probably just going to tie off to the end of his kayak and let him haul me all over the place. Yeah, tow you around. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, yeah, that's this is a bit much. I can't wait to get my hands on that boat, man. Oh, yeah. I had a Slayer Propel for yep. uh, about a year. Uh, got rid of it. A little skinny for me, a yep. little short. It was a 10. Oh, so yeah. I just recently upgraded to a Jackson Bite FD. Nice. Nice. Jackson makes Which, a really good uh, boat. Oh, dude, I was like, so I was impressed as hell with it. I went out with a bunch of guys this weekend, and they had um, Old Towns, uh, Predator PDLs, mm-hmm. uh, Hobie Pro Angler, uh, Jackson Liska, and an old town top water PDL 120. And um, every time we went through skinny water, I never had to get out of the boat. And all those other guys had to get out of the boat. And I don't know. I, I get it. I was no probably kidding. a little smaller than some of those guys, but uh, but the way that thing handled on a river was was very impressive to me. That's awesome. Yeah, that's it's, that's that says a lot. When you put yourself into moving water like that, that's when a lot of these factors with stability and you know how 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 shallow are you able to go with it and that's that's killer now well the other part about it that's great is the drive has a there's a handle on it and you don't even have to take the drive up out of the water you just pull the handle oh yeah that's right and it lifts the prop right up right yeah yeah and so you don't have to like you can be fishing and be like oh shit there's some rapids pull the handle up and still like there's no like Pause. oh crap i gotta take this like on the native anyway yep. and i don't know if the titan's like this but it has like these j hooks with these like bungees that you kind of have to move a plate out of the way yep. and bring the drive up so like that took time mm-hmm. and like if you're trying to dock on the shore or something that also like you can kind of get cattywampus coming in oh yeah a little bit but but uh but that thing was great you just push the handle down and the thing comes up. And then when you're ready to rock again, you can push it all the way down. What's even cooler is it has a halfway setting. So if you're in like skinny enough water, but not too skinny, you can bring it up and then you can still use your pedal drive, which is kind of dope. So I like that a lot. It was, uh, it was actually a Jackson was my, was a very close second. The three bells put me into a, a big rig and I'm like, this thing is amazing. This could just about be the one. But it was just something about the way the propel, the way everything kind of sat with I just I just for me it was a better fit. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I want I wanted to like the Jackson more so bad. I really did. I was like, I just well, you know, I had to go. I like, like the, the seat better in the native. The oh, seat yeah. in the native is a lot better. The seat is killer in the native. Like the mm-hmm. storage underneath 
like mm-hmm. on it's molded for tools and everything. It's just it, it's unbelievable. And that extra bit of width from the Titan and the big rig on either side made a big difference for for some of the things that I have planned. And and there's one feature that the native has that I am. 100% going to Jake take a leap into. They make where if you replace the the pedal drive, if you replace the 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 propel, take that out. There is a transom mount that fits in that spot. So you can take any 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 trolling motor whatsoever and you've got a powered kayak for infinitely less than something else. And this is not something that I want to utilize often, but there's larger bodies of water where I might want to travel from spot to spot and go a large distance for, uh, in between them. And it would be one of these deals where I would change out that mount and when I get where I'm going to fish, put the pedal drive back in and then switch it back and forth. Yeah, because it can hold it. Yeah, no, you know, I looked at that, and I've and if especially if you're fishing tournaments, I, yeah. I, the one and only kayak tournament I've ever fished, I pedaled uh, like five miles, and it was yeah. I was exhausted and sunburnt and dehydrated, you know, and that was like, if there's any lesson I could give anybody out there who's listening to this who's never fished a kayak tournament and wants to, yeah, you need to pack a bunch of stuff, and one of the things you need to pack, and it's not lures, it's sunblock <laughs> and water uh, water <laughs> and food yeah because you if you're gonna if you're really gonna get to spots other people aren't at you're gonna have to pedal or like you said which is perfectly like normal is you know put that troll motor in there get yourself where you need to get to and then you can use that pedal drive to just kind of do your thing yeah. and then go back to wherever you're going to go. Yeah. That was the big kicker for me. I'm just like, this is, this is crazy. We actually, we just recorded. Um, it's actually going to run probably right before this episode. Uh, we recorded a, a conversation, a round table about advantages in kayak fishing, pedal versus paddle versus power type thing. And I mean, we all kind of, at the end of it, we basically all came to the conclusion that really there's a string of variables that all kind of come together to create tournament success, advantages and disadvantages for each variable, depending on, you know, the individual, the tools, the know-how, all this. But at the end of the day, everybody agreed, like there's, there's no substitute for experience. Uh, You know, if you have experience and you can apply that experience, you can do so much more with it. And ultimately like that's the defining factor, but it was, it was an unbelievable conversation. It was really good. And something I think we were like way overdue to talk about. Yeah, that's well. I tell this. So I get a lot of, I am by no means a professional fisherman and I have weaknesses just like everybody else does, but I get a lot of people that reach out to me on social media and they ask me questions of my, my opinions on rods or uh, what they should buy or whatever their tackle choices are, whatever. And I, and I have kids that reach out to me, like, you know, kids that are like, you know, I've saved my money from Christmas and I want to buy a fish finder. What do you think? And I just tell them like, okay, dude, do you have a, do you have a good life jacket? Do you have a decent paddle? Do you have a rod holder? Do you have a black pack? Like if I'm being honest with you, I have probably used my experience of locating and finding fish based off of, like you said, depth of water, wind, lunar conditions, temperature, uh, points, structure, cover, 
more than I've ever used a fish. You know what the fish finder usually helps me with how deep the water is. Yeah. That's pretty much about what it does, especially if you're bass fishing and you're working banks, cause you're not using that unless you have live scope or something to, yeah. to find fish. And I just told this kid, I'm like, don't waste your money on a fish finder until you have all the stuff you need for the rest of your kayak. Yeah. Because, you know, and I just tell, and I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of a PFD and wearing a PFD. Yep. Because where we are, you know, a lot of these rivers, the current will drag you under and stick you under a log. And you, regardless of how good of a swimmer you are, you can still die. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's not worth risking it. It definitely isn't. That's someone had recently in a conversation we had, I think it might have been Derek actually from Three Bells, who had, who had, was, was saying that, that a lot of people have this misconception about fish finders finding fish. And he's like, that's kind of an unfortunate name because really you find the fish. What if, uh, what, what, what electronics will really do is show you the cover you can't see if you can dial it in right. So like if there's a brush pile that you're not able to see because of either water visibility or it's just so deep or whatever that situation might be, like it's not necessarily that. And actually I, th I don't think I've ever seen a tutorial about, using any type of electronics or fish finder or anything like that where they've had like that simple mode have you seen some of these electronics rigs where they actually have fish mm -hmm. icons that show up mm -hmm. and yeah. the first thing everybody says is get rid of that mode because what you really need to see is the cover and the structure that's on the bottom and figure out like what those little arcs are if they're actually fish you know, or mm -hmm. if that's just something in the water, you know, that's a, once you can find out like, Hey, there's a giant rock pile over here. That's going to be something that some fish is going to relate to. The big question is what time of year, what time of day, you know, you got to kind of figure that stuff out. But yeah, I, I agree. I like if, if a kid were to contact me and say, Hey, I'm thinking about getting some electronics, that money could definitely be used elsewhere. So one of the things that Jeffrey Holloway had said on the podcast with Swamp Rat that I completely yep. agree with is he likes to like fish like to relate to where, um, especially in the deeper parts of lakes where mm -hmm. chunk rock and boulders translate to muddy flats. And yeah. so right where that line is, fish like to hang out and relate to that structure right next to those flats. And mm -hmm. so in times like we just talked about in the summer, for example, when, when fish kind of relate to that, um, that line, I forget the name of it. Like, you know, where the, the oxygen is at its most, um, a thermocline saturated thermocline. Yeah. When fish like to relate to the thermocline, a lot of times you'll find those fish in those areas where the, uh, where the rock and the, and, and the, the, the structure of the, the bottom kind of changes. Mm -hmm. And so I use, I use, I, like you said, I use electronics to do a lot of that stuff, find trees, find brush, find boulders, yeah. find those places where the, the flat bottom turns into chunk rock. You talked about cranks. So whenever I see riprap, I always throw on a RK 50 or an RK 55, which is basically like for like translation, five to 10 or 10 to 15, yep. depending on the depth. And actually I think they say four to eight or eight to 12, but anyway, long story short is I like to get that bill of that crankbait on the rock and bouncing off of it. Yeah. And what that does is that creates that reaction strike. And I've caught 35 uh, to 50 fish in a day, just finding riprap and running a crank right across it and no just kidding. 
slaying them. That's awesome, man. Now, when you're on your way to the water, what are you generally listening to to get yourself like hyped up? I listen to you guys. There you go, man. That's well, the best answer ever. <laughs> yeah, man. I listen to you guys. I listen to Alex Swamp Rat. There's yep. another uh, couple podcasts I like. Um, a buddy of mine named John Morris has one called Working Class Fishing, which I like to listen to. Whatever it is, I, I kind of saw this the other day about Instagram. Um, people follow your page. Some people follow it for entertainment. Yep. I will say that. But most of the time, what you want people to have is they want to walk away from your page or your post with something that has enhanced their life at that point. Whether yep. that's they learned something new, they were motivated by what they saw, or... Um, they're inspired by, you know, how good your picture is or how good your fish is or, mm -hmm. or whatever. And so I kind of take that philosophy when I'm listening to podcasts and like you're just a tip segment, for yep. example, is a very good segment that I enjoy thoroughly. Uh, Alex, awesome, you, you know, uh, I learn at a minimum, I learn some sort of new beer to try every time I yep. watch a show <laughs> or, or what, or what somebody's like favorite capicola is or yeah. whatever but but yeah I man i just show. and i also like the fact that i know the people you talk about yeah i know the people that alex talks about you know i you know i know who delirious is and wild bill and sean the fisherman and and uh chris Dabari and all these people yep. are because we're all hooks at hoodlums uh pro staff and we all kind of do that thing but but i sean Sean, don't sleep on Sean because Sean knows oh, yeah. a shitload about fishing. Sean you know? is he I like to say he's the Ben Kenobi of of bass fishing in Massachusetts. He 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 is a smart dude. And he's he's got a, a shitload of experience and he he applies it. Are are there other things that can work? Definitely. But you know, he is a smart dude. He knows his shit. So I'll tell you I'll tell you this, Sean the fisherman story. Sean, if you're listening or you will listen to this. I hope you are inspired by the fact that I learned something from you. Um, I was fishing a pond recently and I fish a lot of clear water. So I fish yeah. like table rocks, super clear. All those rivers are real clear. Smalley lakes or Smalley rivers are usually very clear. So I'm mm -hmm. always tying on leaders uh, to my braid. And I love braid because it casts further. I'm sure you're aware of yep. all that. Yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah, but uh, but Sean, you know, gave this like ten-page dissertation in the uh, the hookset hoodlums like group chat about braid, fluoro, uh, mono. Just kind of broke it all down. Super, yep. super, uh, you know, e equals MC squared type shit. Oh yeah. But I was like, I missed a fish. In fact, I broke off uh, on fluoro with a leader, and I was like, you know, Sean said. If the water is uh, relatively unclear, fish don't give a shit about braid, especially on top water. So yeah. I tied uh, I tied a fifty pound braid top water um, whopper plopper on, and I'm standing on a dock that's like I don't know maybe five or six feet off mm -hmm. the water, and I hook into a five pound, and I'll, I'll be posting this this week, but I hooked into a five pound largemouth. And I just ripped the lips off that thing and brought it in. No problem. Nice. And, you know, partially owe that, I think, to Sean the Fisherman's That's advice. Awesome, so man. That's awesome. He's going to love that. He's going to 
It's going to do nothing good for his ego. Jesus. Well, I, I also want to add one, two more things. One, yeah. Casey's coffee is legit. In oh, fact, I is. was drinking Casey's coffee when I heard you on the podcast. No ask kidding. about it. No kid. Okay. Yes. That's good to know. That's good to know. hundred percent legit. Huh. Second thing is if you've never had corn nuggets. Now I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be honest with you. I've never had corn nuggets at Casey's, but there's a barbecue place called sugar fire yep. in Kansas city. And they sell, they sell fried corn nuggets and they are the shit. I gotta, I, I gotta eat look 50, into these. I can eat 55,000 bazillion million of those corn nuggets. They're so huh. damn good. There is, um, and I, that's the thing when, when, when roadkill Nick had mentioned the, the deep fried corn nuggets, I was thinking in my mind, I was thinking of like, um, what is it? The there's what is it? The beaver nuggets from Bucky's? Like those are pretty no, are like, famous. These are like uh, these hush are, puppies with corn in them. That's what I was thinking. Was something more like that? Oh, dude, that's got to be out of this freaking world. Yeah, it's dope, yeah, dude. I believe so. That. Good. Yeah, yeah, I definitely believe that. Huh. All right. So, what's your goal for fishing, Sam? Like the next five to ten years? Where would you like to see it take you? I'd like to take myself into a position where fishing can supplement my income to a mm -hmm. point where I can retire from the military and just focus on fishing yeah. and whether that's, um, so a good friend of mine, like, uh, well, not a good friend, but a, a friend of mine named Mike Unruh works for tackle HD oh. and He's former former military and Chad Hoover, for example, he yep. founded KBF, but he was active military and retired, and now he does stuff with KBF. So, I don't know that I have enough time or experience to be a professional fisherman in the capacity that's going to get me any to any point where I'm going to um, make money for a living yeah. in that lifestyle. Yep. But what I'd like to do is something fishing related, and whether that's influencer related or uh, working for a company as a social media director, which obviously, like we talked about, I've kind of oh, got yeah. a knack for the social media um, al algorithm. I, I teach people on the, actually I do this on the side. I teach people, whoever DMs me, I, I usually give them advice and tips on how to grow their page, mm -hmm. how, to, um, how to focus their efforts a little more, how to, um, understand their follower ratio. If you look at a lot of my posts and I get this all the time, but people yep. are like, how do you have so many comments? How do you have so many likes on your posts? And really it's all hard work and, um, a method. So yep. if you have a method for anything, whether that's breaking down a lake, whether that's, uh, fixing a cabinet, whether that's, you know, changing a tire, as long as you have a method or uh, an end state and a vision mm -hmm. for that particular project, you're generally going to be more successful than if you're just winging it. Oh, yeah. you know, like, yeah. like you'll, you'll, you'll notice, and I don't do this as much anymore because I've kind of gotten to a point where the page sort of grows itself a little bit, but mm -hmm. you know, it was like every night it was uh, put the post together in the drafts and have it done the next day wake up, share the post immediately, mm -hmm. go through all the notifications and then go through the homepage and like and comment and save and all that other stuff. Yep. And then drive to work, answer all the comments that I got on the post that I just shared, 
go back to the page. And then basically I had a schedule every, you know, so many minutes where I went through all that stuff and did all the same stuff that we talked about. And then Mm -hmm. if it was a certain day, I would post again, depending on what I needed. Yeah. And it just kind of, that's how it kind of worked. You know, like I kind of just made it very military, but anyway, long story short is I'd like to do something where either I'm consulting on social media, working for a company that has something to do with fishing that allows me to do some fishing and traveling and talking to cool dudes like you, Mm -hmm. you know, on a regular basis or, uh, or, you know, and I'd like particularly to find something that gives me flexibility on where I live. Yeah. That's that. I think that's the dream right there. And that's the beauty of it. It's like, there's, there's so many different ways that you can make this, you know, your life, your livelihood, really, if if you're just, you know, willing to be open-minded. Like, you don't have to be a tournament angler and, you know, cash these huge checks necessarily. If that's the road you want to go down, that's one whole other thing. But, you know, you look at, like... Well, like, I think a great example, like, just like you said, like, is is Joe from Old Glory Outdoors, you know, um, active military. And he says all the time, like, Old Glory is his retirement plan. Like, that's the idea. He wants to build that up. And, you know, that's his deal. And I think that, like, he's a guy that just genuinely eats, sleeps, and, and, and lives fishing 24-7. And he is just dedicated to it and, and making it happen. And, and, you know, like you said, you nailed it, influencer. That is the next phase, you know? I mean, I there was, I think it was an episode, I think it was Tackle Talk, and Andrew Hayes was talking with Bill Dance. And, and Bill Dance said something, and it, like, it stopped me in my kitchen from what I was doing, and I was like, whoa. And I just realized something. Like, Bill Dance and I have something that is unbelievably in common. I think Andrew asked him what the biggest struggle was, you know, being, you know, doing the television show and working with all these tackle companies and everything else. Like, what's the biggest struggle? And he goes, the biggest struggle that you're never going to solve is the struggle with yourself trying to deliver quality enough content with some value that can be taken away by the viewer. So you're always, always, always looking to try to provide value and increase the, the level of value that you have for that. And I realized I was just like, Dude, dude, Bill, Bill Dance is, was like, he's one of the OG influencers before influencer was the word, you know, before that was the term. I'm just like, that is unbelievable. Like we're all sort of, we kind of fill that role. And that's why, you know, whether, whether you, you rep like certain companies or you're, you know, on, on different pro staff or something like that. And you're, you're, you know, pushing products or maybe you're making your own products. It's like, it's all a grind and we're all grinding together. You know, that's, that's the beauty about it. The whole thing is community. I'm sold on that hundred percent, you know? Yeah, dude. So I look at a guy like you or like people that make YouTube videos or reels or whatever. And like, I look at it through a different lens than I used to. Yeah. Like I look at this reel and I go, okay, that took forever. Or that's really imaginative or like your podcast, for example, like the different segments, how you integrate stuff, commercials, breaks, people, all that stuff is, 
is completely planned out. And I, and I can appreciate that from a creator perspective. Right. And I think you've kind of noticed, and I don't know if you have, but I have noticed, uh, for example, I did this project with a company called garage royalty, which is not Mm -hmm. necessarily like a fishing company, but they reached out to me and they're trying to get into like the outdoorsy market, you know? And so they said, Hey, we'll send you some stuff. Uh, we'll give you a commission on whatever, you know, people use your code for, um, you just have to, you know, do these certain things. So I, I spent a lot of time on this. I put it up in my garage. I videoed it, uh, pictures, all that stuff. I think I remember seeing that. Yeah. It, and it turned out great. In fact, and look, I I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you, dude. I, I pay very little attention to how like organized my garage is. My wife does all that stuff, but but I, I devoted myself to, I agreed to this and I, I don't make money. Like I'm probably not going to make any money off of it. We yeah. got some free stuff for the garage. My wife liked it and it looks great, mm-hmm. but that post like bombed, like it just sucked. It got like, you know, 347 likes or something. Yeah. And, you know, like, and I'm averaging seven to nine, you know, depending on oh, the post. Wow, yeah. and, and so, but my point is, is, People will gravitate to, uh, I would like to say genuine, genuinity. Is that a word? I don't know if that's a word, but like I've had more people react to the fact that I lost a fish and did a hiatus karate kick because I lost the fish and I was pissed off about it. And they got to see me like suck than, you know, me holding this like 10 pounder and going like, Hey, look at this, you know, giant fish. And so my point is, is people like to relate. Yeah. I relate to you definitely uh, a lot in a lot of aspects and I understand your, your struggle and burden. And so, uh, you know, I appreciate that about you yeah. and, and your page and your, and your grind and, and all you got going on. And, and that goes for everybody I see on Instagram. There's people like all the time. I'm like, dude, I don't know. People say that to me all the time. They're like, I don't know how you have a full-time job, a family, you know, you do all this stuff and yeah. then you still have time to do all this Instagram stuff. And it's like, I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. Yeah. You know? That's exactly, you got to do it. And that that's what I, I say to everybody there, you know, especially now, this is such a, a, a crazy time. I'm seeing people out like in my regular job where I'll be, you know, doing gigs and I'll see people I haven't seen in well over a year, a year and a half. It's just been a while and I'll see folks and they're like, so how's everything going? And then I tell them, I'm like, so I, you know, they're like, yeah, my business was decimated. So I started this podcast and now it's like a thing and it's a thing to the point where like, now I've got to get to the point where it makes enough money to make it worth it because it takes time, you know? And that's the whole thing. Like it's, it's all about finding that out. This was, you know, now this is something that's like a goal. Like I've, I'm, I'm working on trying to bring that to like that next level. So like, even if, when I see somebody out there that's grinding and doing, you know, they're working as either, you know, either an influencer or they're just, maybe they're just creating content for the, the sake of building an audience. I know when I, when I spoke to Debo, he even said the content he was making initially was purely selfishness to like, um, kind of 
put all of his adventures in one spot where he could relive them, let alone anybody else. And then all of a sudden, you know, it turned into this whole thing. And like for him, it's, it's really taken off. Like he's, he's absolutely killing it. So it's like, when I see the, the amount of effort people put into stuff like this, I totally, totally appreciate it. I know that there are some content creators that out there that get a hard time for some of their methods or, or something along those lines. Maybe they, they put the social media first or, or whatever. And maybe comments get made from other professionals that are, you know, I mean, for whatever reason, maybe they disagree or they're jealous or I don't know what the situation is, but I definitely like, I'm like, if, if you're, if it's working for you, go for it. There's no reason why we can't all be happy, you know? And there's a role. Yeah, dude. And that's my, that's my total motto uh, with Instagram is, is, and I don't know if you, you know, uh, a lot of times we float in the same circles and we kind of see this. I tell people a lot of times it's like high school. Um, Sometimes you can kind of get into a clique or a popularity club. And, um, but what I, what I really try to do is um, I try to interact with somebody on a daily basis that enhances their life in some way. And, yeah. and I try to genuinely give my opinion on whatever it is that they're doing. Yep. And, and I, that has, in my opinion, um, come back to me tenfold, yeah. 20 fold, 30 fold, you know, people are great, Yeah. you know, and you never know, like people could disappear and you don't know where, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They may be gone for something very bad. Their mom died. They're, their kid has cancer oh, yeah. or whatever. And you can't just assume, Oh, well, uh, Bobby roast beef didn't comment on my post today. So he's a jerk. Yep, you know, exactly. no. it's like Bobby <laughs> roast beef. I have something fucking going on and I'm going to keep commenting on Bobby roast beef's posts yep. because maybe he fucking needs that. Yeah. You know, that's the idea. So I, That's how I feel about it, man. I feel like Instagram is a, is a platform to, to promote positivity and share something that I love with people. And, you know, and I'm not like you, you said, like, what's your weaknesses? Well, my weaknesses are, uh, uh, weightless, uh, Senko fishing. I fucking, I don't have enough patience to let my get to where, yeah, I just, I don't, you know, I can't fish weightless. I, I totally suck at that. Uh, I suck at fishing main lake points with like football jigs and giant worms. I know that that's something I need to figure out how to do Mm because I have a lot of main lake points. And especially when they're drawing water out or pushing water through those main lake points are where fish congregate. But I can't figure out the structure to fish that spot uh, like I should. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I'll, I'll watch people like left and right of me catching fish. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Right. Right. What the hell, you know? And so my point is, is I'm not perfect. I'm obviously not, uh, Bill dance or, uh, you know, a Brandon Palinuk or, or however you say that guy's name. But, but I think kind of like you, we all are uh, grinding and trying to get there and you have, and, and to back to that point, yep, dude, you're so talented at this. You have a great, a great, a great thing going. It's really good. I, I like appreciate it. it, man. You know, and I'm and I'm a I have discerning tastes. Yeah, I'm very protect. I I tell people I don't like things that suck. Yeah. So your show definitely doesn't suck, man. That's awesome. For real. Man. That 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 that's huge. That's awesome. Let's say like you're going out for a day of fishing, 
what's your general arsenal rods look like? Perfect. Yeah. So I got a seven, three medium, heavy jigging rod, uh, old 18, which I love. It's a mm-hmm. hollow point and it's got a metanium, um, 6.4 to one on it. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I would have liked to have a higher ratio to kind of like yank fish out of like brush, yep. but I wanted it in a giveaway. So it's kind of is what it is, but I love that rod and uh real combo my second rod and real combo is a seven foot medium light spinning rod with 15 pound braid and an eight pound fluorocarbon leader that i use for ned rig wacky rig any of that uh sort of thing yep um the other the other two rods that i have which is kind of crazy because uh is a jerkbait rod and i don't know if you ever fish with a jerkbait oh yeah but um, the perfect rod for a jerk bait, in my opinion, is a six foot six medium action bait caster rod yep. made by whoever I it's mine's made by St. Croix, which is, uh, irrelevant, but something that has like a, a medium action and a fast tip that you can put like a 10 pound fluorocarbon on yep. and then fish a suspending jerk bait on, which I love that rod. It's and, so funny uh, you say that. That's, actually, that's what I caught my last movie on. That that's what yeah, I got man. my last PB on was uh yeah a medium action fast tip it mind the, the rod I use is a seven three but e- e- even that it's just ridiculous suspending jerk bait mm-hmm. it's a it's a great yeah, combo. and then and then the last one is like the emergency rod so yeah. it's like if I can't catch a bass and I want to feel good about myself then I'll throw on um, that G Lumis IMX. And try to catch a crappie or a bluegill or something kind of small just to to do that with. But that, that's like my four main. And then everything else is kind of a relative duplicate of that. Six foot six medium action mm-hmm. for if I want to tie on a couple more finesse, finesse baits. Um, my favorite brand right now is Old 18. Obviously, you know mm-hmm. that. Um, but not just because I rep that company. Like, I can't, I can't tell you how impressed. How, I'm so impressed with that company and its rods and their how they do business and like you know this dude you're a hook set guy uh i know you're with stretching lines and you do some stuff with uh uh three bells is that Mm -hmm. the name of it yep yeah and and i look i'm sure you get offers all the time we all do you know and you have to pick and choose who you're going to ride with yeah and we don't ride with people that we don't believe in and i'm telling you that rod company is um they're really great man i dig it and i know that like loomis and st croix and all these other companies are are obviously doing good things but you know i kind of like to support uh veteran-owned companies because it's kind of near and dear to my heart sure and And they're completely made in the usa too so yeah you're, you're absolutely right that's that's the whole thing it's part of the reason why like when we started, we didn't, we, I, I, I wish I could say that we chose to do this, but we got lucky where we partnered real early on with old glory. And the beautiful thing about old glory is that old glory is a retailer of all these amazing brands of gear. So now what's, what's kind of nice is because we, we do that, we're sort of, we get to be choosy about what we do. Like I recently just this year fell head over heels for arc arc rods and baits uh i've been using Mm -hmm. the uh the the brandon cobb series rods for most of my stuff we gave away 
an invoker uh, in the uh, the May tournament, an invoker spinning combo. Um, uh, an invoker was arc invoker rod with uh, I think it's a ducket paradigm reel and i mean just absolutely killer stuff so it's like that's the thing like you're right you got to pick and choose but i i wish i could say that was like we planned it this way but it was a happy accident (laughs) we're like we're in a good position because you know joe works with amazing brands and you know he's always looking to bring in more and more amazing stuff and like you said joe veteran owned and any any veteran owned companies that are out there you know he's paying attention to that kind of shit too which is awesome you know it's it's just killer but that's the whole thing i'm like i think anybody who asks us about you know um partnering or anything like that it's got to be something really special like one of the only pro staffs that i'm on aside from hookset is reaction tackle and reaction I actually tackle. just bought I actually just bought some reaction tackle tonight. Oh really? I did, yeah. I could have they saved you some like money. A, I got a promo like code. A, I'm sorry, dude. I was in Dick's Sporting Goods. So you know the deal. Like you're going to the lake and you're like, shit, I forgot, you know, whatever yeah. it is. So you stop at Dick's Sporting Goods, and you're like, Okay, I need like a creature bait to sled on my jig. So Oh yeah. Oh, are you are you are you thinking reaction innovations? Maybe. Yeah. Is that is that different? Yeah. Reaction tackle. They do uh, mainly fishing line, some terminal tackle. They do a lot of tungsten, um, and they do accessories, like interesting stuff. Like they make three different types of bait binders. They make oh, okay. um, pliers. They do what else? Do they do that's really interesting. I really like their shaky heads. I really like their underspins. They're the weedless style with the screw lock. I love those. Unbelievable. Like, I think it was, and I found them by accident. Like, I had received in a mystery tackle box a, uh, I think it's Heavy Metals Tungsten, what they call the, Mm -hmm. uh, what is the name of their... I forget. It's a, it's a tungsten underspin. And I, I wanted to order more. And, for, I mean, this is like during the, the, the real heft of the shutdown, just couldn't get any. And I'm like, all right, well, let's look at Amazon and see what we can stumble across. And I found that they look exactly the same, these tungsten underspins from Reaction Tackle. And they were just a better deal. I think there were three in a mm-hmm. package for like a dollar or two more. It was unbelievable, the the value. So I said, screw it. I'm going to try them. And I, I started getting on some fish with them. I'm like, these are, these are great. And I contacted them and I said, look, do you guys have a pro staff? And they did. So they put me on and I just, you know, every once in a while share something. But, you know, if, if people are looking for braid or if they're looking for fluoro, I'm like, this is good stuff. I like to use it. You know, I haven't had any issues with it. It is what it is. You know, that brings up an interesting point. So a couple things on that the braid and floro is a good thing because yep. you generally don't need to buy that like right now and yeah. so that would be something i would definitely uh be interested in but that's kind of how i got onto exone sort of i won some exone on a giveaway from mm-hmm. i don't know if you follow tennessee yak and tackle but uh this guy named Vern is uh that guy and he's a great dude but yep. i won his giveaway and it was full of exone and then um, I, I have a third party app that kind of tells me who gives me like my, the most likes and comments and stuff like that. Yep. <clears throat> so I can kind of track that stuff. 
And Exxon had like 30 of my posts out of 30 of my posts. So like I, the last 30 posts I had light, I had posted, they had given me 30 likes and I think like 15 comments and they were the top liker and the top commenter no on every one of my posts. And so I always tell people, uh, pay attention to who's paying attention to you. Yeah. And so, uh, I reached out to them. I said, Hey, look, I really appreciate the support. I'd like to, I'd like to reciprocate. Mm-hmm. Is there something that I can do to reciprocate? And they said, well, Brandon, uh, we're glad you contacted us. Uh, can you fill out this pro staff thing? And we'll put you on. So they put me on and, um, you know, it's like, it's been nothing but sunshine and rainbows, man. And that product. And I, again, like I said, and you said, um, if you've ever fished with Exxon, you kind of know, it just feels different. Like yeah. it, I don't know. The action is better. The quality of the plastic is like better. It's, you know, the floating claws obviously make a difference. That's what they, they're kind of their motto is, oh, but yeah. it's a great product, man. And I stand by it. Yeah. They're, 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 they're good stuff. There's a number of baits that I've used from them that I like. And I was introduced to X zone through, through old glory. They were one of the in the the first batch of brands that he brought on, and I think it was the adrenaline bug. Yep, I think it was the adrenaline bug was the first thing I had uh, success with, and then I tried the muscle crawl on on our jig, our PB and J jig, the absolutely, and I was with Delirious, and I put like three what six like three three in the boat between sixteen and eighteen. And I was just like, this is fantastic. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, dude. And, and that's right. amazing. Yeah, it was it was killer. And and you're right. Like, I mean, I love the fact that like, you know, the 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 claws float. That's a huge, huge deal. They make a killer drop shot bait too. Um They do. I think in it's, fact I is it the slammer? Yeah, no, it's a it, yeah, yeah, it is. Um I only caught well, when I went to Arizona, which is kind of a long story, but that was the only bait I could catch a fish on there was a drop shot with that slammer. Oh, no kidding. In purple. Yep. It's a good color. It's a damn good color. Random question. Favorite chicken joint. Caveat being that it's got to have either a drive through or be sold in a gas station. <laughs> this is the dumbest question. I kind of like Kane. I like Kane's, dude. I'm not gonna lie. Canes? Like canes. All right. No worries. Is is it yeah. the sauce or I, is it the chicken? No, straight up the chicken. Okay. I, All I, right. I mean, I like. I don't. I don't even know what sauces they have because I never order them. Yeah. I I'm a meatitarian, bro. So. Gotcha. You know. I, I gotta I gotta do it straight up. In fact, I just bought two pounds of walleye. So my dad's coming down tomorrow, nice. and I'm gonna uh, fry up some walleye for him for Father's Day. So. That's awesome, man. I love me some meat, man. Yeah. Definitely. I just, I just picked up a 10 quart outdoor fryer specifically. Uh, yeah. Specifically for the, the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, boats and scrotes challenge. That is happening. <laughs> it is happening. We just got to nail down a date. I think some people are afraid and I'm like, trust me, bull testicles are wonderful. Rocky mountain oysters are great. <laughs> you just gotta, grin. you gotta think of them like they're not. Yeah. Attached to a test to like a cow dick. Yeah. I'm not going to serve them up to the loser of this challenge. Like they're not going to be eating like 
a, 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 a breaded uh, fried set of truck nuts. No, like these are going to be cut into nuggets. They're just going to be testicles. That's it. Yeah, man, like <laughs> clams. Yeah, exactly. Only bigger. Exactly. Just like big clams. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. There's nothing to worry about. Oh man. All right. So this is uh, always, always. This is like the the big like meat and potatoes of this whole interview right here. There's two stories that I need from you. One is like the story where you're like most proud about something that happened out on the water. It could be a PB. It could be an amazing catch. It could be teaching somebody something. It might be something that went like terribly wrong, and you were able to like correct it. Um, and then on the other side of things, I need the biggest sort of moment from when you're out on the water. And the hardest part about that second one is we all have so many of those stories. Uh, yeah, I got that one, no doubt. Yeah, that, that's um, easy. The The proudest one, I... <clears throat> so I think that was kind of recent. So, um, you know, you pick up a lot of things from, especially anecdotes from, you know, kind of in the fishing community, but one of the, yeah. one of the things I take away a lot is never leave fish to find fish, which, oh, definitely. um, I have, I have done in the past a lot and I've decided against that, but I, I kind of have to give credit to this guy named Ryan Reed, who, if you guys, if you don't follow him, I mean, Ryan's, uh, an awesome guy. And he's a kayak bass fisherman in Missouri and he fishes on the Moyak trail, but, uh, and I met him on Instagram and he's the guy with that private, uh, Finley Lake access that we get to use occasionally. But, um, he taught me how to fish brush and specifically, uh, how to drag jigs through brush. And so, um, I have added that to my arsenal. And then I had a buddy on Instagram named Joe Wildhaber. Um, who has a page called Joe wild 19, but, mm-hmm. um, he fishes like the Ozarks and he had come out with some success and he said, Hey dude, you need to fish main lake points or drawing water out and football jigs and, um, and, uh, big shaky heads are, are killing it right now on yep. main lake points. And I just told you earlier that I suck at fishing main lake points. So of course that's where all the fish are. Of right? course. Yeah. So I drive out on my uh, boat at five in the morning. I get up early as shit and the water's glass and I never get up early, which we also talked about. And I go out to this main lake point and I'm having like, uh, I actually caught a really nice spot uh, off this point on mm-hmm. a jig with an Exxon lure. Uh, California 420 is my favorite Exxon color for that yep. adrenaline crawl. But and I had tied on a flirt skirt fishing, which I don't know if you know flirt squirt, but they have great jigs. I, in fact, like I, I had, I have never missed a hookup on a jig with that, with that jig. Really? But okay. anyway, so anyway, I find a dock on a main lake point with brush and I'm like, that has to have fish in it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to throw this, I'm going to throw this jig in that brush and I'm going to catch a fish. And yeah. so it was kind of like A plus B equals C. As a fisherman, you love that, right? You're like, okay, this guy told me to go to a main lake point. I went to a main lake point. I find brush. I have a jig. I'm throwing the jig in the brush. And I pulled six three-and-a-half-pound fish out of that brush. So, And I didn't leave fish to find fish. Yeah. I 
threw a jig in there and I, and of course, like you, you all do this. Like you throw the, you flip the jig into like the cup. Like that's like a thing, you know, yep. oh, yeah. people do that. So I flip the jig into the brush. The second it hits the water, smash fish, bring the fish in 17 inches, something like that. Yep. Throw it in a live well, throw it back in there. Boom. Another fish, 16 inches, throw it in a live well. And I just did that for like, I don't know, 30 minutes. And I caught six fish, three and a half pounds. And um, by seven in the morning, and I was like, shit, I got so many pictures. Like that old 18 picture I just yep. posted, that was one of those fishes. No fishes, kidding. One of those fish. So, yeah. Which kind of, but my ah shit moment is, <clears throat> um, so, you know, we're content creators. So we go out and we kind of like have these great ideas and stuff. And it's winter time. It's cold. Uh, wow. I'm fishing for crappie. I go out and I catch these huge crappie, like, you know, 14, 15 inches. I got a couple of them. Yep. I have this phone. I put it up on the front of the, the boat. I go in to like get this fish out. The fish flops around. I go to grab it. I knock the phone on the no. stand, like right into the water. And it's in like 25 feet of water. So I have my iPhone, which, uh, I think it has 9,000 at the time I had 9,000 pictures on it. And I don't know how many, uh, <laughs> and of course all of the pictures I was taking for Instagram that, that day is in the water. Uh, I almost fell in going after it, but I, and I missed it. And the water's like 45 degrees. It's like yeah. middle of the winter. I'm at the lake. There's nobody, there's nobody here. It's like eight at night. Yep. It's like dark as shit. And uh, so I have no phone. My wife thinks I'm dead. Uh, I'm at the Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, the fucking T-Mobile store isn't open. I don't have my Apple ID. What's even dumber is that I took a picture of my Apple ID and put it on my phone. So like accessing that apple id is impossible then you tell apple i don't have my apple id and they tell you okay well we're going to send a text to your phone well that's great because the fucking phone is at the, the bottom of the, of the lake, lake over here Jesus yeah so what they do is they review your case and you know how long it takes them to review oh yeah case? i'm sure it takes forever 14 days are you for real i'm for real so i got a new phone the next day but i couldn't put my apple id in that phone and you know what you need an apple id for downloading instagram getting to your pictures going to your gmail oh, the basically cloud like anything. apple yeah everything so oh. i spent like basically 14 days like jerry-rigging my way through my life until i got my apple id back because i was taking pictures of two crappie like this and one of those fish fell out and hit that phone and went right into the water so i lost poles and stuff but that was the dumbest shit i've ever done that sucks you know i was out on i was it was father's day i was out with my buddy and we're we're fishing in the kayak and i had a moment where i was like you know a year ago i wouldn't be grabbing my phone and just like but like I, I like to listen to music while i'm fishing so i'm I, I usually just play music right on my phone uh new kayak's gonna have a small bluetooth speaker and i you know i just take my phone out and i'm like taking pictures you know i, I make a catch take pictures pop it back in my pocket i'm like you know i'm gonna get i'm i'm gonna get lazier and lazier about this and i'm gonna end up dropping this in the water 
So, and it was so just bizarre because I think a week prior, I was at Three Bells with Sean and we're standing there looking at cell phone tethers. And he's like, yeah, he's like, this one's pretty good. But he's like, this one kind of fits my phone a little bit weird. And, you know, like sometimes the back strap goes over the camera lens. So in a tournament, that can really be a problem. And and I'm just like, yeah, I guess I don't really need one right now. I think I'm going to just I, I'm going to just go for it. Even if I end up buying several, it's worth it. Because I'll tell you what it like you said 14 days it, it took for them to review your case. Like, remember... <laughs> I'm old enough to be like, how how far things have come where we're just like, oh, I can't survive without this object, you know? Yes. I, I mean, like, it's crazy. But in like, you know, 1985, it would just be like, oh, well, you know, I guess, I guess I'm going to have to go buy another 35 millimeter camera. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it would take 14 days to get those photos back. Yes. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I turned 40 this month. Next oh, month, nice. July. So uh, I'm with you, man. You don't look like you're 40 at all, man. I figured you were way younger than that. <laughs> way younger than that. I'm a, I got a baby face. I can't grow that beautiful beard, bro. That thing, I'm digging it. Appreciate it, man. It's you know it's it's crazy. I actually so so you know the story. I had this. This was my uh, end of the world beard. I was like, yeah. hey. I, the, the only reason I haven't grown a, a full beard in forever is because as a performer, you know, I, there's this awkward sort of stage and I'm like, I got to go and do these shows and I've got people, you know, people are getting married and I'm officiating the wedding. I'm like, you know, <laughs> you, I, you know, you don't, they don't need the homeless beard. You know, we got to get past that. So I'm like, I can't work. I'm just going to grow it out, grow it all out. And it was glorious. And then in September, I messed up grooming and I had to shave it off. And I left the mustache and the and the soul patch, and I looked like every bad guy in every western that there's ever. I wish been. I'd have seen that. Oh, there's I some pictures on Instagram. That. It's terrible. It's god awful. I'm gonna look at it. And I went and I said, "Screw it!" I said, "I'm gonna grow it back." So I started and I kept it real short for a while, and I just said, "Screw it! I'm gonna go and go all in on this." And I actually just took a position as an ambassador for a brand uh, a brand of beard products, like beard wash, conditioners, oils, things like that. So technically, I, I guess I'm a I'm a beard model, <laughs> which you is hilarious. Are. You fucking are, yeah. I- <laughs> Yeah, dude. I grew a mustache out in Iraq for uh, No Shave November. Yep. And I actually, I actually can grow a pretty good mustache, but I cannot grow, grow a beard like uh, like you got going on there. That thing is, and and I bet that stuff's going to help with like itching and all that other oh, stuff. Oh yeah, too. all that stuff. Oh my god, it's amazing. And just talk about like getting things like in because I got some crazy directions. Like everything tries to grow a certain way and I'm able to kind of handle it. <laughs> I went to go see a barber for the first time in 20 years. Ever since I started shaving my head, cause I was like losing my hair and I was in my, my early twenties. I'm like, yeah, shaving my head, not going back to the barber. That's a waste of money. And I went back to go have this mess just kind of wrangled. And I'm like, all right, this is good. Because I thought for the same time, I was like, I, I can't grow a full beard. It's just not going to look right. You just got to force it. You know what I mean? And like, let it go. Oh, yeah, dude. It's I cut my own hair for COVID for like nine months. Oh, I believe it, man. A lot of us did, did a lot and of it, weird shit during COVID. <laughs> but not like it wasn't bad. I just, 
I have to, you have to cut your hair more often because you can't be as aggressive with how you cut it. Yeah. That's you're true. not as good at it. Yeah. So you just kind of have to take it in like small increments. Yep. Kind of like you're talking about, like you screwed it up and then you had to shave it all off. Yeah. I did that once when I first started cutting my own hair, I had to go into a barber and get them to fix it. And then after that, it was always like, I'm just going to take like, I'm not going any further than a number two on this because yeah. if I go any lower than a number two, I'm going to screw up the fade and it's going to look like shit. So yep. we're just going to do it this way. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's tough, man. Look at this. Unreal. Well, Brandon, go ahead, man. Tell everybody uh, where they can find you on social media. You know, uh, if you have anything, you know, special coming up or uh, drop a promo code or two, if you want, go for it. This is an opportunity to promote yourself. Awesome, dude. So, um, any of my codes for if you go to my Instagram profile, you'll see a, a, a rep old 18, uh, X zone, uh, outdoor vibe, uh, slam and slobs, um, team no fish. Any of those companies, if you put in the code dust off, you'll get some level of discount. Old 18's, uh, tw- oh, hooks at hoodlums, you'll get 10% off hooks at hoodlums. Um, old 18's 20%. Any of those other companies is ten uh, percent, except Exo, and you'll have to DM me for the code on that. But yeah. uh, you'll get twenty percent on that code there. Nice. Um, I'm on Dustoff underscore Fishing and Instagram. Uh, I have a YouTube page as well with one video on it. That's kind of where I want to expand my brand a little bit more in the future. I just bought a GoPro Hero Nine, so nice. I have a seven. So I'll have two GoPros now. And uh, what you're going to kind of see out of me coming up is the the Canada trips in August. So my goal is to take enough batteries and memory cards to document the entire thing and then put it out as like a kind of mini docuseries for uh, everybody on the gram and and everybody on YouTube. So uh, I think you'll enjoy that, especially all the banter. I don't know if you've ever spent like, uh, a week with one other person in a kayak or a canoe, but, uh, but you have some interesting conversation with somebody you spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week in a, in a small little boat. So believe it. it'll be fun. We'll have some good clips and it'll be a good time. So. That's awesome. Those like that kind of series, like a, like sort of documenting a trip. That's my favorite stuff. Like that is a hundred percent my favorite stuff. Like there's uh John B the um, he's a, he's a fishing content creator he does uh, – there's two series, the, the Never Stop Tour. He's got this tagline he uses, Keep Fishing, Never Stop. And he's done these these trips where he goes out with somebody and it's like we're going to go in this one direction. We're going to go west. We're going to go south or north or wherever. And they go on this this adventure and they document the whole thing. And, like, he's done other stuff where he's done, like, in Texas, the, I think it's the Devil's River. Like, I just find that to be the most fascinating kind of stuff. But on your trip – this is what you want. One of these guys. Solar powered battery. Yeah. This is a great investment. This one's huge. It's heavy, but I could charge uh, my GoPro. I could run my GoPro for days. I'm pretty concerned, pretty convinced with this one battery alone. And, you know, with the solar, oh, yeah. you can charge it back up. It's awesome. Yeah, man. That's my goal is to buy like a 128 for each day on yep. the memory card and then have something like what you just pulled out there to basically run one battery per day, hopefully, mm-hmm. but have extras just in case I need it. Oh, definitely. But yeah, that's kind of the, it's kind of the goal, man. And I, I hope I, I think if I could improve anything, it'd probably be uh, video editing. Yep. 
specifically. So huge challenge. Editing is it's part of the reason why I still went with podcasting. Editing audio, there's so much less to it. You know, it's just you know, it just for for me it works. I feel like it's my 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 strongest asset. But Brandon, this was you do great, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, this is awesome. Do me a favor, man. Um, if we're going to use one of your images for the artwork for this episode. So if there's a pic of you holding like a giant or if you want to use something, whatever whatever image you want to utilize, I'll take that and we'll kind of work it into our style, the way we kind of make it work over here. And we'll go ahead and pop that on. And you're probably going to run on... Let's see. The 29th is that. You're probably going to run on the 6th. It'll be pretty awesome. Amazing. Nice. Yeah, we're going to have you on, I think, for the 6th. It's going to be an interesting show that day, too, because I don't know. I Actually, we're going to talk about the fishing I just did today. Your story about uh, tossing that jig, or, or no, what was it you tossed? Hit right on the top, like, like right, right as soon as it hit the water, I had that happen today, and I needed that fish. I'm gonna be in Vegas for seven days. I'm not gonna bass fish for a while. I'm like, yeah, I, I need to catch a fish today. <laughs> so there's a guy. Yeah. Now, now, if you are looking to fish in Vegas, but there's a guy I'm named Smacking Bass. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a guy named James who's who runs a account called Smacking Bass, who's a cool dude, and he lives in Vegas, and. uh and he could hook you up with a, a fishing spot at least, if not take you. And uh, and he's real interesting. He does Geomexus handles. He's got Nakwa as his one of his companies. I know that's kind of a Sean the Fisherman favorite. Yep. Oh yeah, Nakwa's um, great. But yeah, he's he's legit, man. And he's uh, he's a cool dude. In fact, he used to have like sixty thousand followers on a on an account where he was like a snake handler. So he had like fucking like 20 feet reticulated pythons and shit really? in his house. Anyway, long story short, guy's cool. Awesome guy. Super dude. Um, I'll, I'll shoot you his profile, but he's a good dude. And and he could probably give you a couple spots to fish. If anything, that if you're is, interested, take one of those like collapsible rods. Don't let your wife know about it. Yeah, exactly. You need to go like, do something real quick. I'm afraid how much money we might lose if I, uh, if I leave her alone. <laughs> that's, the, that's the worst part. I'm like, she's not that. Today, today I come home. This is amazing. Today, I come home, and uh, I was running errands, getting things ready for our trip. I get home, and she is um, packing our, our suitcase, and she is watching slot machine strategy videos. I'm like, uh, I know this thing, man. You just you just gotta pull the handle. Well, hope hope it works out. I was sitting there, and uh, this one one guy, I think his name was Professor Slots. I think his name was freaking Professor Slots. So he's talking about this, and he he's as he's explaining his method, which is the five pole method. I'm like, my fishing radar is going off. I'm like. This sounds a lot to me. Like, how long do you work a brush pile before you're like, screw it, I've invested enough time, it's time to move on. I'm like, oh, man, I I hate that I get this. But <laughs> I'm not much of a gambler. She really isn't either. She hates losing, but, like, that's a thing. I know if I leave her alone, she's going to be bored and, you know. Just remember, dude, hit on 13 or lower, stay on 14 or higher. Yeah. You'll be good. Yeah, that's the way to do it. 
I love it, man. Yeah. Well, hey, send me one of those picks. We'll get this uh, together for you. It'll run on uh, on the 6th. I think it'll be awesome. All right, buddy. Awesome. I appreciate you having me. Oh, Thank this you. is great. This is really, really great. I haven't I haven't had a, a, a good, a really good interview. Like we've we talked for over an hour and a half. It, it felt like awesome. five minutes. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like we this is really good. So awesome, dude. I appreciate you. All right, man. All right. I'll holler at you later. Uh, have a good one. Take care. See ya. See ya. it the uh, end of, a, of another amazing amazing show we had a lot of hurdles to jump over to make this show kind of happen with you know travel all kind of coming to the end and you know pre-producing an episode and making it was just it was a lot to juggle but uh, we managed to, to make sure that you guys had an episode each and every week uh, without missing a beat and that is something that we really really uh, pride ourselves on over here at Jigs and Big so good one Sean uh, what did you think of this show how, how, how do you feel how are you feeling about all this i'm on vacation i want to go fishing i can't say that i blame you my <laughs> friend i cannot say that i blame you at all uh let's go ahead we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up uh in this final segment here guys before we do we do want to give a uh quick shout out to cheryl uh cheryl again is just killing it with uh the amazing fishing report go check it out northeastwildwoman.com uh that is her blog and where uh we house the jigs and bigs fishing report and we have a fantastic uh pool of amazing jig heads that uh provide us with great information from all pockets of of what we consider to be the western part of this state, Massachusetts. Um, great stuff. Hope you guys uh, get get some some useful info off there out, out of there. Let us know if, if if you get a tip off the fishing report, shoot us a DM or or, or drop us an email at uh, jigsandbigs413 at gmail.com. Send us a message. Let us know if 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 you know some information from the fishing report. Maybe got you on some fish. Maybe maybe you broke a PV. You know who who knows. Maybe it was just a dink, but it was it was a day, it was a day where you needed that dink. Maybe that's the case. We do have amazing, amazing merch available at jigsandbigs.com. As always, uh, we have uh, some some new designs potentially in the works. Uh, some stuff is happening over here, folks, and uh, this might just be one of those relationships that just kind of fell in our lap with uh, what could end up being additional merch for you guys. So if you haven't been over to the store to check it out or or you're curious when things might uh, shift shift up uh, shift around over there with offering some new stuff go and visit jigsandbigs.com and check out the merchandise store <sighs> yeah you and I discussed it, man. Are we still planning at some point on having stickers up there for everybody? Yeah, I think I think that is the plan. Um, it might not necessarily be directly through their store. Uh, we'll have to work out the details. Um, we might also start including, you know, some 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 bonuses here and there um, with with merch down the road, you know. Uh, there's there's yep. a lot of potential collaborations that we're we're, we're 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 trying to get in order. I don't want to say 
too much, but I, I this could be some fun and exciting things for those that enjoy rocking the Jigs and Bigs stuff. And if you if you have some of the new Jigs and Bigs merch and uh, you're catching some fish while wearing it, send us your catches. Make sure to send us all your stuff because uh, you know we're 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 trying to go through. And actually, I tried to make a video of all the fish uh, from the May tournament, and I'm still working on it because that is a huge undertaking. I didn't realize how crazy that was going to be when I said I was going to produce a video with all those fish, but wow. So that's going to be there. That's going to be, it'll, it'll be coming, but I remember when you said, Sean, send me all the pictures. And I kind of looked at you and said, are you sure all of them? (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot. And then, you know, because I'm seeing these pictures, I'm like, well, I don't want to put too many caught by the same person together. So when we have somebody who's just absolutely crushing it and they're on every single board, I'm like, okay, I got to shuffle these up. And so it was it was very daunting. It was one of those things that I was I was trying to work on on the plane and uh, their fantastic Wi-Fi was super helpful. I I use air quotes (laughs) when I say fantastic. Because downloading these pictures took forever. Um, but, you know, hey, we'll get there. We'll get there. It's it's all going to come together. Cool. Good stuff. Great stuff, in fact. I think that about does it for us, man. I do. I feel Me like too. I feel like this is a great episode. I feel like uh, you guys, if you have not fully celebrated uh, your Independence Day, this is a great opportunity to do so. And uh, go ahead and make this the biggest week ever. Guys, thank you so much for checking out this podcast. We appreciate you more than you realize. Remember, all your information that you could possibly need from us is at jigsandbigs.com. Remember, our fans are the best. Our listeners, they're the best ever. Like, you guys are, this shit couldn't happen without you. We appreciate you. And if you love this show and you think somebody that uh, is in your network might also like this show, share it with them. Send them over to jigsandbigs.com. Send them uh, a, a link to wherever it is that you listen to the show. Write a review for us. You know, do do uh, get get some of this if you really love it. You know, put a put a review together on uh, Apple Podcasts or, or or wherever it is that you are listening to this show. Thanks again, everybody. We will see you guys in uh, seven days. Have yourselves a great one, everybody. Take good care. We got more great guests coming up. We'll see you. Get on some fish. Tight lines. <laughs>